0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com/pod50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com/pod50 for 50% off. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when
1: you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: Hello, spellcasters, sages, and spectators. I'm Ashley Johnson, and you're listening to the Critical Role Podcast Network. Tap into our magical narrative by watching Critical Role as it airs on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash or youtube.com slash Twitch subscribers can watch the video on demand right away, or you can catch it the following Monday on YouTube. As always, Critical Role will be available right here in podcast form on Thursdays, a week after the initial broadcast. And now, let's scry into the story and see what mysteries it holds for us, shall we?
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Critical Role, where a bunch of us nerdy-ass voice actors sit around and talk about playing Dungeons, Dragons. We we talk
4: about Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, welcome to our, our campaign roundtable wrap-up chat. Uh, we're about to get into that, but before we do, we have some announcements to get through. Beginning with our sponsor for tonight, and our final sponsor of Campaign Two, NordVPN. NordVPN. Sam,
5: I was not aware that we were doing a NordVPN ad. <laughs> I don't have any hacker stuff. I <laughs> have my car keys <laughs> and a laser pointer, uh-huh. okay? Uh, that's that's going right. to be what we had and my, my phone. <laughs> uh, this this episode is sponsored by <laughs> our friends at NordVPN. Sponsored providers of the highest quality encryption for your internet traffic and hides your IP and physical location. With 5,400 servers in 59 countries, it's easy to get Better internet speed and protection with one simple click. Jiggle your campaign three. Can I have like a teleprompter?
6: Uh, no. Okay.
5: And it's available on every (laughs) major platform, including Windows, iOS, Android, and Linux. Go to https (laughs) colon slash slash nordvpn.com slash critical role or use code critical role to get a two year plan, plus a bonus <laughs> bonus gift with a huge discount. And thanks to NordVPN for supporting our show. I apologize for not having any fun hacker shenanigans, um, but since this is a campaign to wrap up, I thought if the cast wants to ask me any lore questions about the Nordiverse, Ooh. feel free to hit me and I'll answer everything that's been burning. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah,
3: right. I have a question. Why did you make me wear that ridiculous helmet? To
5: mess up your beautiful hair.
6: Is Any the Nordverse continuing in campaign three? And more importantly, does Techno Spice return?
5: Let's just say, say you'll be there. <laughs> oh.
7: What were the terms of my pact with Satan?
5: It was a freebie because Satan is a big molly stand.
2: What is uh, Linux, exactly? It's Linux,
8: but no one knows what it is. <laughs> uh, how much fabric softener do you drink when you write these NordVPNs? None, but it's, I do drink three
5: pints of brake fluid.
9: Why is Black Willow69 the only man I've ever loved?
5: Come on.
10: Ever since I <laughs> ate that cake, I keep having nightmares about you laughing at me and throwing pickles at me. What was in the cake, Sam? It was a normal cake, but
5: you really should check the vents of your house. I think some like methane or carbon monoxide is
3: getting in. <laughs> okay, I'll check it out.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, hack to you.
3: Thank you, Sam. Uh, We also have some announcements. Um, Marisha, if you want to kick it off.
6: Yes, yep, not that one. That one's done now. This one. (laughs) Tune in tomorrow. That's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, it is. June 18th at 7 p.m. <laughs> Pacific on Twitch and YouTube for our special Vox Machina vs. Mighty Nine <gasps> Battle Royale. Yeah. One shot. Right. This was unlocked as a Kickstarter reward uh, for the stretch goals during the Legend of Vox Machina Kickstarter campaign. If you miss the stream, the VOD will be available YouTube on YouTube, not just YouTube, <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> June 30th. June 20th, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Are there 30 days in June this? There are 30 yes, days in yes, June. Yes, there are. <laughs> and <laughs> join us next <gasps> Thursday, this is a lot, for the premiere of Exandria Unlimited. Ooh. Exandria Unlimited Ooh. is an eight-episode mini-campaign set in Amon nearly 30 years after the Chroma Conclave attack. It's going to be awesome. Wait, wait did you just, is this where? Is it, did we just announce that now?
5: No. No. Oh, okay, cool.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Um, we're so excited to welcome Abria Iyengar yeah! Yeah! to the GMC as well as all of our amazing EXU cast featuring fellow veteran voice actors, Amy Carrero, mm-hmm. Robbie Damon, yeah. and of course, our very own Ashley Johnson, oh. Liam O'Brien, no. and Matt Mercer. No. You You're a player! Uh, watch Exandria Unlimited Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific, same bad time, same bat channel, here on Twitch and YouTube, starting next week on June 24th. Uh, VODs will be available YouTube on Mondays, so it's the same schedule that you're used to. It's the it's the usual, and then of course the podcast version will be available one week after the episode airs. For more information on Alexandria Unlimited, check it out at CripRoll. <laughs> 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 yes, that
4: was, you
3: that was a
6: lot. You just had to say a lot.
3: A lot. Mm-hmm. I have cotton mouth. No. <laughs> righty, Well, thank you, Marisha. I think with that, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's roundtable wrap up <laughs> of. Oh. Critical
4: (laughs) Role.
2: Beware cause you're about to be dead They got magic and flair They got fountains and cunning They don't see over there There's a monster incoming Inspiration is waiting Rise up, don't think twice Put your fate in your hands Take a chance, roll the dice
6: How does Matt do it? Welcome back.
4: There we go. <laughs> Got it once. He invented yeah.
6: that. Yes, he did. He did. He invented the welcome back. Yep. Uh, we're doing fun. this campaign wrap up a little differently than last time. We're going to kind of do it as a roundtable discussion with the eight of us here. Um, you know, answer each other's burning questions, answer the fans' burning questions, and uh, yeah, check on some of the fantastic guests we've had over the course of the campaign as well. It's 141 episodes Jeez. that we're covering, which is bananas. It well, um,
5: was like six episodes. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong.
6: Um, I will be lightly steering this roundtable discussion, making sure we get through as much as possible and that we don't spend three and a half hours talking about Vulgate.
8: Although that would not be wasted. No, no, we
6: could talk a lot about it. We should, we should really spend worried.
8: more time on that.
6: Yeah, that's yeah. We We didn't spin enough in it.
8: (laughs) We've only just begun.
6: Um Yeah. So here we are, guys. Hey. Arc one. All the way back at the circus.
3: Okay, so we're starting at Arc One. Yeah, Yeah, start from the beginning. Screw
4: that. Who's on the tall door?
3: (laughs) Oh
10: damn, you didn't waste any
3: time.
6: We're in it. Are we allowed allowed to know that still are we? Do we get to know that?
3: Well, Last one just died, so. <gasps> Last one just, no! He said one you.
9: died every time we asked a question no, no, and you just not, asked the We're not actually it.
4: playing. Oh. The
10: universe is paused. No, the, <laughs> there are people on the council. <gasps>
7: I'll kill them all right Wait, now by repeatedly asking. An answer: Who was on the Taldori Council?
10: In memoriam.
6: Why did we do that? Like black and white of yeah. the <laughs> characters that have died in our campaign. That's actually
3: pretty great. we'll, we'll do that in post.
6: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Thanks for the yeah. No, they're all dead now. Next question. <laughs> Holy oh, shit.
2: oh, so we can't know yet. We really can't know, what? huh?
3: Just give us one! I thought you I'll Think about it before the end. By the end. Okay, 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 okay. okay, okay,
6: okay. <sighs> we get to ask good. him once an arc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay.
3: Now
10: what do we do? I wanna <laughs> I want I wanna want start I wanna start where we ended, which was with Molly Mock. So I wanna know how much you knew about Lucian and how much of your character build did Matt take or add to it. Uh, I
6: agree. Nothing,
10: motherfuckers! <laughs> lies! Lies! So
7: yeah, no, I wrote nothing that that was previous of waking up in the ground. Anything that would happen before waking up in the ground, I was nothing, nothing, no name, no history, no, nothing. It was completely blank. Started exactly from the moment that really? Molly woke up in the ground, found the carnival, and took off from there there was I not wondered a thing that before was, it
8: was the was the pitch for you I want to make it all up as I go from a complete blank slate cuz that's what it felt like in the best way so oh boy what um, was the infamous
10: Starbucks conversation that you guys talked about Starbucks what? so yeah. there was, it was
7: it was it was during the the the, the tattoo incident if you all recall. Oh, yeah. Um, and like we went to go get Starbucks across the street. <laughs>
6: oh, wait, that, that far back. When we yeah. were all getting our tattoos?
7: Yeah. yeah. Whoa, we were tattoos, Wow. Yeah. We, yeah, we all got tattoos but by wait, the way. Wait, Audience. wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Surprise.
2: <laughs> that um, was far back.
7: That was a long time ago. Yeah. Because
9: yeah. that was, we hadn't even. Yeah, we started. Right, we finished Vox Machina. Yeah, have we started filming we Mighty Nine yet?
8: I don't think so. No. I don't
9: think so. No, 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 no. no. We, had so wrapped, you, we had just wrapped. We had just wrapped Vox Machina. So you went that's to right. a
7: generic
5: coffee shop and started talking.
7: Generic, yeah. no, generic non, <laughs> non-branded, <laughs> non-branded <laughs> coffee shop. This was the character I had started coming up with when Percy died. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a great idea for a character if Percy didn't come back, and this was the character I was going to bring in. Oh, and that's wild. It was kind of a seed that started because a friend of ours. Was asked me about mermaids and a a friend who is obviously a mermaid fan. You know exactly what I'm talking about, and was like, "I want your take on mermaids. (laughs) Go, go do a bunch of research on mermaids, and then I want to hear you talk about mermaids for a thing I'm working on." And mermaids are fucked. Holy shit! And then I got it. Kind of crossed into my whole feelings on alignment issues, which I don't. I mean, they're great if you if you. I'm not dissing alignment. I hate alignment, though, personally. And I got into a discussion of I want something that breaks alignment entirely, and so I wanted to make a character that had n- no alignment to the point that if I picked up a weapon that used alignment, like only only uh, chaotic evil or something, it wouldn't work. Just no matter what, it wouldn't work. And it eventually just came into the idea of I want I want a body that the soul left and the body just kept moving, just. Ooh just whatever was in there got pulled out went to the raven queen and the body just continued walking uh and just no kind of like the the mermaid like the idea of like no soul none of that weird no chaotic god elements or anything just somebody who is a total blank slate and
3: the tattoos oh wow the eyes and the tattoos I was they coming up with shit yeah, he just and
5: said, he just took the that and ran.
3: Yeah, woke yeah, up he, with. He gave me a backstory. He said he woke up in the ground with nine red tattoo eye tattoos on his body.
5: Get the fuck out of here.
3: That's, that's it. Yep, it's a fucking gift.
5: And did you? But did you take the nine tattoo eyes? And you're like, that's gonna be the big bad of the of the campaign.
3: Kinda, yeah. I, I, Whoa! I, had, I had ideas. Like a lot of the Whoa. themes in the campaign dealt with dreams and like the power of dreams, the influence they have on people through, you know, instilling terror, inspiration, for driving people to create or become something larger or keep them, you know, tied through trauma and experience and like all this. So, oh, dreams were a big, like through, you know, if you notice throughout the campaign, I used dreams a lot for interactions with deities and gods and powerful figures. Yeah. Like that was very much a thing that I rooted before we even started playing. And then when he gave me his backstory, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll find a way to work this in. And then as we began to like start the campaign and go forward, like I had an idea for some of them and things, but it. Tying it specifically to Molly's story kind of happened fairly early in the campaign, the more I thought about it I was like that'd be kind of a fun thing to deal with.
9: So if Molly hadn't died, yeah, you
3: have that they still it still would have
9: come in in the same sort of way. we would just sort of dealt Correct. with that soul in a different way. Well,
3: how I initially had planned it was that Lucian, the original soul that was in Molly's body, after being shattered, found its way back but found, had to go into another body and is trying to get the the original body with the nine eyes back, and so it was going to be. Oh, what was this movie? There was this old, uh, I want to say, Denzel Washington movie about like this killer spirit that would transition from body to body through touch. Ooh. I can't. Oh. I, it was a film from like the late '90s or something.
5: Hunt for this, Red October. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs>
3: but but anyway, I, I wanted Lucien to be this like spirit that would jump from person to person and was like a recurring antagonist trying to find a way to. To kill Molly to take the body back, or find a way to remove Molly from the body so you could take it back, and that was going to be kind of like a smaller ongoing villain until eventually things like the them got revealed, and then Molly died. And was like, fuck. Or. Or yeah, <laughs> and 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 so I just kind of let it sit, well, simmer in the in the background for a long time, and it took a long time for you guys to go back and check on the body or check on the grave site. And so I was like whenever they go back, you know, usually they don't move, so that's why yeah, yeah. I know that was what I was hoping for <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I that came a, together. I got a question just cuz
7: that has been been burning in, in 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 my head for a while. If they had, if anyone had ever cast detect undead around Molly, what would have happened?
3: It wouldn't have gone off.
7: It wouldn't have He's gone off. He's
3: not technically undead. Okay, I was wondering if it was like a like a I know like the, that halfway thing that popped the up. The hollow one? Yeah, the hollow one. No, the hollow the hollow one was kind of a, a halfway Sure. It was it was a halfway inspiration from Molly's story, but was also intended to be kind of a cool way to introduce an undead archetype for races in the oh. game, and uh, and a pseudo uh, red herring that was for nice. Molly's backstory. Because like I knew everyone's gonna be looking and pouring through the book on that, and I was yeah. like, let yeah. me put this in there because I want to do it anyway. It's fun and because people are going to start thinking that that's where it comes from, which I think you did as well. I, I had a, I was like, <laughs> is this what you
7: did? I mean, because yeah, we had that long conversation. Yeah. Just, I love the idea of like, there's, there's nothing in there, that it's just total blank slate. And mm-hmm. the Hollow Man was Jamedi Costco, right? Yeah, the Hollow Man was
3: Cosco. Costco, <laughs> yes.
10: Do we ever figure out where the fuck he came from or what his deal was? Is that this arc? We're not allowed to talk about that. Oh,
5: sorry, I'm getting <laughs> ahead of myself. we are not there
6: yet. It's loosey-goosey, it's yeah. fine. Okay,
4: I was
10: just checking.
5: Um, but unless you have something burning, I do but go. No, I, well, I wanted to find out more about Travis's character, Ford Stone.
10: <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> what do you have a last name? Do you know more about yourself that you never told us? Where, where did you meet Ukato? Was it a was it a singles bar? Oh,
9: what? Good. Yeah, we never really like found everything out about that, did we?
10: Mm-mm. No, I talk about the fucking dream sequences. That was the. Did we ever have in the first campaign a moment where everybody left the table except for one person? No, no. that
5: was invented. No, that we, was no, no, we, awful. no we,
3: we had that with you and the Raven Queen in campaign. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, oh nice. that's true. We did. Okay. But that, okay. That was like the first time we, it had happened. I was really glad game. that that happened to Liam before.
10: But not right. like being the first. Those guys. Uh, he yeah. There. Uh, he has. I have an idea of um the two races that make up. Uh, Ford's half-orc lineage, which um, were, I don't, I don't, you're not gonna say. I don't think I'm gonna this say. is where we spill the tea. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know who they. I don't know who they are. I don't know uh, if mom or dad was one or the other, or where they went, or what happened, or what those circumstances were. I kind of left that up to, to Matt. Um, yeah, and right. I imagine at some point. I don't know when. I'll try and go back and right the wrongs of that orphanage because there was a, a, a like a shit criminal underbelly at the orphanage. They were using the orphans to like make goods and using orphan labor and all this stuff. And you know there were like the myriad and the the Clovis Concord and I, it could have been any one of those like seedy underbellies. But I'll probably go back and um, it will purge that at some point. I
3: would say yeah. Would, would Ford go back and and oh yeah that up, oh, I yeah, love it, yeah, I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. We're, going to,
10: we're, going to, we're going to scrub all that squeaky clean, but I
3: actually don't know how the pack happened. I left that up to him as well. Well, the name Stone, Ford Stone, you just threw in your backstory and yep. forgot about for the entire game. I did. It was and the then... very first backstory I gave you and then I'd never said it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no real significance. Everyone tied it with like, oh, there's the Clay and the Stone, the stone. family, is yeah. he tied? I was like, nah. Yeah, I just remember. I remember introducing myself. I was like, "Well, that's a, ga- a
10: name that was given to him at the orphanage." And they were usually they'd give like you know shit names. And I was like, "Well, I just won't say it. It's not mine. I don't claim any ownership to it. <laughs> I just fucking forgot."
4: <laughs>
10: love it. Yeah, Noah. Uh, I remember looking at Talison and being like, "I mean, that can't just be a coincidence." He's like, "Nothing is a coincidence.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Every, this everything, last is coincidence. fucking Everything. If this show and a lot of the things that happened are any sign." Everything's a coincidence. I am. Yeah, for I'm. for Ford, his pact, um, it was a simple, and I might go into it, I guess, later with arcs and stuff like that as we go, but essentially, Vandrin had entirely like cut himself off from Ukutoa. Like It was the final vestiges of, of, of that relationship. And then when the ship went down and Vandran was set to drown, essentially, though he survived, that was his that was the final cutoff. The Sword of Fathoms fell into the ocean to be lost forever. And Nukuton went like, Fine You Are we do we have a deal? Mm. And in that like floundering moment of panic and self-preservation, subconsciously yeah. Ford agreed to something and couldn't remember. And that's when he woke up on the shore with the Sword of Fathoms. Makes sense to me. I I
10: don't know if uh Sabian, the guy that set off the explosion of the ship was working for Rukatela or one of the pirating factions or whatever, so
6: let's figure that out, too. (laughs) And we'll figure that out, maybe, with a fan question! We probably won't. (laughs) But uh, to decide who's going to ask a fan question, I think we should roll for it. Ooh! Why not gamify it?
10: Oh, like with our dice? Yeah.
6: Yeah. With our dice? Whoever rolls the highest gets to ask a fan question. Not me, I roll four. I just rolled a natural twenty. There
0: you
11: go.
6: Didn't roll many
2: of those during the campaign.
3: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You've been saving for the end. Uh, Come
4: on! Come on.
2: <laughs> All right, let's see here. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I think this is a question. This is a question for Matt.
3: Okay. Sure.
2: By or no from at prying blackbird. <laughs> Who? was the skeleton oh, in the basement of the Leaky Tap, and was Claudia Sheed truly who she said she was? Yes.
3: Okay, oh,
5: okay. Some old, okay. Yes, yes. 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 So I, I don't know who Claudia Sheed I'm just, is. <laughs> I'm
8: trying to remember. So so when you stink <laughs> He at, was at,
9: the one that I was like, are you having to? Yeah. Yeah,
8: no. very, very beginning. Oh, yeah. Caleb ended up with not underneath yeah, and we did a whole little, like, rah, 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 I'm going crazy and talking to you, and that body belonged to somebody. That's yeah. what the shackles were, right? Yes. Manacle number Manacles.
3: one. I'm trying to remember, you guys, I, I feel like I remember you guys knew that Claudia was using illusion magic, correct? Yes. Oh, okay. sure.
6: No, yes. I think we did.
3: I th- it's, it's been three years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, Claudia, who may have had a different name, if I remember my old notes, which I don't, um, <laughs> was, was uh, from the dynasty, or at least originated from the dynasty, was uh, was a dark elf, Oh. Okay. Um, and was was a refugee from some of the conflicts of the dynasty, and came here seeking refuge oh. underneath the leaky tap, and the previous owner, who I can't remember his name, uh, basically was like, "I'll take care of you." He was a terrible person, <laughs> and basically like kept her in indentured servitude, and uh, was just like an abusive owner of this inn. And then eventually she got fed up with it, killed oh. him.
4: Oh, fuck.
3: That body belonged to him. Oh, hit shit. it, and then through the gentleman uh, managed to get forged documents that gave her ownership over the inn. And oh. so now she became. I... She basically took it over from the guy that I mean, was an asshole. Nice. Uh, Good for her. Which was Boy, which, bath- which was a thread that was that might have come up, but you guys have stuff to do. I'm glad we got to talk about it now. Goodbye. Damn, we
10: were convinced that was some end game shit. <laughs> we were like, yeah. dead skeleton in the basement.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I, before we move on from here, I have an, uh, uh, an arc one question as well. Mm-hmm. Up until like the second to last episode, I was tempted at some point to, in a quiet moment, to take out the sending stone that I carried for almost the entire campaign that we got in our heist job shit. Uh, oh. right around the time when Ford held the sword to Caleb's throat in in yes. the other house, we found a sending stone. But just one, just yeah. one. Yeah. Who did that go to? Oh yeah. Almost right. talked into it like ten times over the course of the entire campaign, and never did because I'd get sidetracked.
3: No, no, fair enough. I'm trying to remember who.
10: That was when we were trying to set up uh, yeah. the the judge. Marius. That was in the right, in right, the right,
6: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. under the, yeah, the some rug, merchants. It almost killed. It was in her. a merchant's home. Yes.
3: Correct, yeah, it was, that was at... uh Mario's the, the, ball. the brain is falling apart now at this point. No, 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 no not Mario's. Not Marius the ball is, uh, Su- is uh, the, Sutan. the sailor man. Sailor time. The, the sailor guy. Oh, that's right. No, it was Souten, it was the... Uh, yeah, the Lord Souten. Lord, Lord Soutan. Exactly. That's right. Who had ties to Campaign One. At least the family line did. Wait,
4: what? Did we know
3: that?
6: We did. Do we know <laughs> that? Yes. I think no, we, we heard, heard a, it we once before. Let me go through my notes here
3: and find where... I know I can find it. Like there's some of these some of these things are kind of I've thought of in a this long time. If, is
5: people poorly remembering things. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If Liam would yep. Have
9: tried to talk into the sending stone, would you have to go through all of your notes or would you have like in game like gone, uh, it's just taking too long, I'll just come up with something. I
3: would have gone to break. And then uh <laughs> and then come back. Um, no, I wanna say
4: <laughs> we talked
10: about this because they they had something commissioned. Oh no, he also had the uh we bought the, um, was it the, the Ring of Fire Resistance was supposed to be for Lord Sutan. Yes. And then we bought it because he never came to he pick never, it up because right. he got arrested.
6: Because he's super in jail. Right. Yes.
10: Because he's super, super, super in
7: jail.
6: Super in jail. Should have baked Big it time. into a cake. time And
10: then.
5: While Matt looks it up, should we do yeah, another one? Yeah, so sorry, so question? sorry. So,
3: yeah. I'm almost yeah. there. I'm almost oh, yeah. there. I'm going through the old notes.
6: Well, we while Matt well, we searches, we do. We do. searches for, for three years. Yeah. Here, let's roll, let's roll, fan question. All right. fan oh yeah, question. Roll, okay, roll. okay, 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 okay. All
10: right.
6: Oh, super not me. 11, oh, eight. Five.
10: No, six. 13. Oh, okay. You can't ask yourself a question, think... Sam, you got it. No, you had an 11. <laughs> uh, you, you did too. I had a seven. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was all comfortable. Ashley! <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Oh. Continue, I'll tell you after. You afterwards. found out? I did. Too late, though.
6: After <laughs> this question. After this question, late, after, after this
10: question, at a. Uh, Alana, Elena Danielle uh, asks, what do you envision Yasha was doing in her times away from the Nine that weren't explained in the show?
2: Oh, well, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. Um, Had to be something important, you kept leaving. Oh yeah, it was certainly <laughs> something. Even in the carnival,
7: you would wander off from the carnival. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think, you know, I think <laughs> wing it. Let me Let me you wing, need to wing check it. Check your notes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me check my notes actually, because each time it was for a really
6: oh, good, good reason. I've already uh, ruined we it. two questions. <laughs> I'm so and sorry. Then answer two questions. I mean,
2: I think keeping it in the story, I think that you know, uh, she went away because she was uncomfortable getting close to people and Trying to deal with, with all of that, and I think would you know get little, do little odd jobs here and there. Um, I think she would visit brothels if she was lonely. Oh shit! Mm -hmm. Um, Those were that's kind of what was going around in my head in case it ever came up. But yeah, super super important stuff that she kept having to leave for.
5: It was more like a mental health break than. And like I a think mission, so that was and I think also
2: her. it was just that every time Yasha would get in the group, there would be something like killing Bo or something would always come up. And I think she was for a really long time kind of in this shame spiral that finally she started to get out of because of the love and friendship of the yeah, pink. to
6: be fair, we did only kind of bring sadness and destruction for like the first couple, like. If you think of it from Yasha's point of view, boy, we rolled in your life and then got the circus arrested. Got your buddy, <laughs> yeah. Murdered. Got your buddy murdered. Oh yeah. Uh, got yeah. you kidnapped by a slave trader. Yeah, it was a rough go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a rough time, right?
4: I think More of
8: my text too, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but she wasn't flying off to Dory to join up with an acting troupe.
2: No, I think, it, I think it was all very private. And I think not <laughs> getting close to people, just spending time alone. And um, yeah, I think that's where she was at, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that changed.
4: Oh,
6: yeah. When we stopped killing your friends or getting <laughs> them arrested.
7: You ran out of friends to, yes. Kill. to kill. yes, yeah. Well, yeah. Process That's of
4: elimination, right. yeah. <laughs> All right, so
3: back to the Sending Stone. All right, to the Sending Stone. The other side, I, I did, my brain was like, it's one of three people, but I got different things jumbled up. It was Ionos Jagantoth of the Jagantoth House at Shady Creek. Oh,
4: Lord, Lord Sutan had
3: deals with the Jagantoths, and that was, like a lot of this campaign was throwing out a lot of threads and seeing just which ones you guys Jumped at. Jumped at and went for, and that would become the story. And so one of those was if that sending stone began to happen, it would be a conversation with the oh, Jagantoth. Oh. And that would have led to probably a more Shady Creek run-centric story and narrative there and kind of breaking apart that, you know, story thread element.
5: The Jaggentoths were enemies of the gentleman?
6: The uh, Jaggentoths were who employed the Iron Shepherds. Iron Shepherds. So they were bad people. Yeah. Sure. And the Iron Shepherds were fucking with the trade route. I am getting this right, right? The uh-huh. trade route that the gentleman ran. Yeah. So the gentleman was like, not really. They weren't like rivals, but the gentleman was like, well, "Fuck these guys." Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
8: What a last yeah. name. The Jagentoth. You fuck with the Jagantots. <laughs> <with the> jag- <laughs> <laughs> I have. A, before we get too far in, I also want to ask uh, my best buddy Sam about the process of me just going. You know, it'd be cool. It'd be like a goblin and a rogue, it wasn't an order, it was just an idea. <laughs> it wasn't an order. <laughs> 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 campaign three is, is an order. Got, I instructed got, him what got, to got, do, got. but the second one wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but wh- how did you arrive at what, ch- what you created, and did you start with Veth Bernardo or not the Brave?
5: Uh, I started with a V name, because in campaign one, I had said, wouldn't it be funny if I, in campaign two, I was called Vix as a joke? <laughs> And I was then so for campaign two, I was like, okay, I'm going to be Vix, oh. um, just oh to kind of God. fuck with Liam and Laura. You're the um, worst. Uh, but I couldn't come up with a good anagram with that, so I was like, all right, at least I'll stick with the V. Phew. Um, oh. And so I came up with like a V name, and then I, I don't know, I think I found brave in there, and I, yeah. I, I, I came up with Beth first, and then mm-hmm. sort of retrofitted it to be not the brave. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the, my only motivating factor in creating Not the Brave was, I know I, I was going to be a rogue, like you had just done. Mm-hmm. You had done such a, a brilliant rogue, and, and I don't know anything about D&D, but it <laughs> seemed pretty are archetypical in in that like you were a badass and you were an assassin and a, and so cool and fast and you dealt all this damage and you were so awesome and I was like I can't do that because first of all I won't be as good uh, as you were but also you just did that so I wanted to <laughs> be like the opposite like a nervous rogue or a, a scaredy cat rogue or just something anything anything else so I just was like okay I'll be a neurotic jittery rogue that'll be my that'll be my thing and then i was like okay why why is she jittery um and then i was like oh maybe she doesn't feel comfortable in her skin and then i was like okay maybe it's not her skin maybe maybe, maybe that's why and then i was like how would she deal with that she would get drunk all the time and so that, that's how i sort of came came about it um yeah. sort of I retro it. retrofitting it for hmm. just to be anything but vax
8: basically on a related note <laughs> The later game where you took on the fake name Bren, I thought I was losing my mind on camera, and I, my right. brain was like, "Did Mercer tell him all my shit?" Yeah, I was
3: like, "Why does he know that he name?" What the, f- the fuck of is going on? All the fake yeah.
10: names of all the fake names to just take on <clears throat> yep. Bren. I used I
5: used several fake names. I used Veth. Uh, which you guys hadn't heard before. And then the next next time I used a fake name, I used Bren. And then the next time I used a fake name, I used Otto. Veth Brenado.
6: Oh. Uh, oh, you oh. dick! <laughs> oh. Oh, I hate how smart you are, it pisses me off. You're
3: the worst. <laughs> um, but yeah,
5: but then I remember, I think I saw a tweet about it, like, what was going through Liam's head? Because your face went, cr-
8: Crazy in that moment. And you were like, I was also thinking of our audience. (laughs) And then I I couldn't figure out why you were doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of our audience, however, X number of episodes later when they would find out Caleb's real name looking back at this moment. So I was going crazy and going, I'll see you in 60 episodes, guys.
6: (laughs) Well, you kind of did it with me too at one point where you were making ain't no slow regard jokes. And you said, like, Henry uh, Thoreau-regard. Yeah, and that's your and I, brother's that's name. My dad's name oh, dad's is name. Thoreau, yeah. And fully, because of the game that you were playing, I was like, he's kind of a narcissist. What rhymes with Beauregard? <laughs> yeah, Thoreau, yeah, Thre- yeah, I'll name him after Thoreau. Nice. And Thoreau was also kind of a narcissist, so it all works. <laughs> what we're saying is
3: you're a moderate medium and or clairvoyant, so well done.
6: <laughs> There's no
5: coincidences in our game, it's all kismet.
3: There you go. I like that. I have I have one for
10: Matt. Yeah. That you just came up with. Yep, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. I I see it and I'm taking it. So when we when we chose crime instead of the other thing, <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. What yeah. what would have happened if we had chosen to become the law masters uh, mercenaries rather than the gentlemen's office? Oh, of crime? and
9: that like a whole other campaign. Yeah, because yeah. that
3: was like Kinda. the
10: big intersection.
3: Yeah, that was right? a huge diversion. Um, so. You guys had built up this this relationship a little bit with the Lawmaster, um, a lot with with the new High Richter, um, and there was an option here where you could have pursued a very strong empire-based story, and basically becoming the classic mercenaries for hire by the the better folk of the corrupt empire. Okay. And that's that. That narrative would have brought you guys. Uh, Probably deeper into Rexentrum a lot earlier, and other parts of the Empire, and rooting out corrupt elements, beginning to to get involved with the Cerberus Assembly a lot earlier. Ooh, boy. And now, and I was planning for that to intersect with you guys beginning to work with the Augen Trust, which is essentially like the secret spy network of the Empire, Ooh. who works for the Crown but also kind of works on their own of the Crown and kind of. Is butts heads with the, with the Cobalt Soul, but also occasionally they work together on things.
6: Yeah, that would have been fascinating.
3: And the Oggen Trust, this is actually kind of funny, I can say it. Um, the leader of it, uh, Schreiber, who's in the campaign guide, was supposed to be Matt Coville. Whenever you guys got to the Oggen Trust, he was going to drive up and basically guest NPC, the head of the Augen Trust.
9: And we just never to hire got you guys to it. on and Aww. then. And
3: we, and we, we like we had lunch talking about it. We were throwing emails cool. back and forth. He did this awesome write-up of like the people that work below him. And then you guys instead went to Jorah's. <laughs> <Crime. laughs> <Crime. laughs> I, I had to, like, text See the colour I, I, oh, I was like, no. So things went a little differently. <laughs> oh. Uh, wow. oh my god. So Yeah, I mean if, when they come back to it, whenever they get back in the Empire. Never,
6: no, never do No,
3: they're they've gone full dynasty now. So Sorry buddy he's like that's how it goes oh so my yeah god. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I had him on speed dial for that and just man. had to
7: tell him like I, I don't think it's happening man I, I just remembered and I have to hit this in what the fuck was up with Gustav
3: I just have to know I just have to know Christoph! what the fuck was Oh okay what the fuck was oh, up Oh god yeah wait Okay so Gustav he was the one who made the original deal with Kauri, the the devil toad And it wasn't because he was like, I want to work with a demon, but because when he encountered this thing, they had kind of like a a discussion, and like like devils do, like certain fiends do. And essentially, the cowrie said, "I can, I can make your carnival something great if you can bring me people to feed." And at the time, the carnival was not doing well, and Gustav was like, "I can't give you people." I can give you those that will likely not be missed from his perspective or those that are already on their way out, so the infirmed or the old, which is why if you look at all the all the, the notices, it says, you know, these people are not allowed because he wanted to make sure that nobody accidentally died during a performance. Oh, he would God. just bring them to him to feed him as part of this deal they made. And then he lost control and then Kaori caused all this horror and like everything went down and essentially Gustav just, Felt genuinely guilty. He had locked himself into something at the time, not really thinking it through, and it went on so long and so many people. Very much kind of like Little Seymour trip from Little Shop of Horrors. Trip of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like it just got too much for him. And then when you guys managed to to take care of Kaori and and free, free you know the, the carnival from this, he was like, I, I can't go forward with this guilt unless I do my time. And so you guys are like, we can get you out. You know, you know, you're you're free. He's like, Nope, I'm going. This is where I belong. Everyone else in the carnival is free to choose their paths, I and I, this is this is where I'll stay. So the, that that was what was going on with Gustav. He was just racked with guilt for making a terrible decision that led to many people dying. Yeah, okay. we tried to save his ass Beric. for forever. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, yeah. we'll
10: break him out. We're gonna get the money. <laughs> we're going to...
6: Yeah, and he's a like, good, up. he's a
10: shitty person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Just, he just really fucked up. Bit <laughs> toys. Oh, fucked up. <laughs>
6: Well, I think that is all the time we have for arc one, Aww, you guys. Please. But we are gonna take it to everyone's favorite cabbage enthusiast, Brian W. Foster, <laughs> for an interview with everyone's favorite, Estelle Getty stan, Kari Payton. Roll out beautiful cabbage footage.
11: All right, I'm here with fan and cast favorite, Kari Payton, uh, who is zooming in from the lovely undisclosed location where he is <laughs> <laughs> where he's being kept safe from the undead
12: uh, yeah yeah we're, we're sort of out in the middle of nowhere which is actually kind of beautiful
11: it looks you know? insanely gorgeous man and peaceful
12: yeah exactly exactly i can't complain
11: just a few questions about your time on critical role campaign Two. uh want to start with asking you what the inspiration was behind shakasta
12: ah oh, man well i always loved uh uh, Shaka Zulu. He he is this uh this 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 great warrior king, African warrior king. I always loved the name Shaka. And uh and so uh I thought I thought uh it can't just be Shaka though. It's gotta be you gotta give it a little spice, you gotta give it a little something. Sure. Sh- just just sh- something sh-ca- 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 I don't know I just I, I it just sounded it sounded good when it when it came out of my mouth you know Yeah <laughs> <Sh-ca-sta>. <laughs> everything does Yeah it does Uh-huh and so I and so that's kind of how I came up with the name and um and uh as far as the the character was concerned I wanted him to be blind and I wanted him to see through the eyes of a bird mm. and uh and and um I thought that, 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 uh, that a hummingbird would be, would be perfect. There, there's so many in Southern California, you know, that, uh, that, 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 um, you know, wherever I lived, there always seemed to be, you know, hummingbirds that, that mm. would, uh, that would fly in and out of your life. The, the, the last thing that I, I wanted from, uh, Shikasta is that I wanted him to sound like Bootsy Collins. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so those were, those were the, the, the three things, you know, that, that, uh, that kind of you know pulled it together for me, and uh, and with that voice, you can you know it just kind of the the characterization just comes right out of yeah right exactly of the seat, you know
11: I love it. Uh, you were able to be on a few episodes of the show and even uh, the live one of the live shows that we did.
12: Yeah, I got to do the live show, and uh, and I was so excited to be free. I jumped <laughs> yeah. on a plane. I was like, I am there you know just tell me where uh when and where and it was it was awesome
11: we kept you a we kept you a surprise for a couple of days and then uh i remember being uh upstairs at the live show and when matt described the bird flying around a lot of yeah. people in the crowd they knew yeah. they knew you were coming out at that moment they were like oh! yeah it was so great it was so great that was great.
12: i could feel it like like a like a hurricane i could feel it like like a like a gale force wind on. Yes.
11: Is there anything about Shacosta that didn't get revealed during your time on the show that you want either the critters and or the cast to know about him?
12: You know, I think uh, oddly enough for such a mysterious character, I think that that you actually you actually got to know who he really was, Mm. you know, you know, in, in those moments, maybe not Maybe not, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, concrete bits and pieces about where he was from and how he got there. But but the essence of, of Shikasta and the and, and the truth is, is that you already know this without me saying, but he's a lover, not a
11: fighter. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> Nefertiti. <Bless> yeah. Him. <laughs> what do you think Shakasta's up to now and, and what do you think his legacy is or what would you want his legacy to be, you know, for him to be known for? And what do you think he's up to now?
12: I always, uh, would go to this, um, I laid up this, this Charlie Rose interview with, with, uh, with Deepak Chopra Yeah. and he, and, uh, and, and, um, and Charlie asked Deepak Chopra, he was like, what do you want to be remembered for? And, uh, and, and, uh, and he said, oh, I don't need to be remembered. And I just thought that that mm. was, I thought that that was some next level shit, you know what yeah. I mean? But, but I feel like Shikasta, Shakasta that's the way Shakasta lives his life, you know? Yeah. He's uh, you know, you know, they're they're like, thank you. They're like, we appreciate it. And he says,
11: and mm-hmm. he just
12: he disappears into a mist, you know? Yeah. And uh, you know, and 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 giggles about it, you know. Yeah,
11: I love you that. Know? I love that, man. Thank you so much for for catching up with us and and talking about It's a, such a good time having him on the show and having you there. And um I know that the, the cast loved it.
12: Absolutely, yeah, he's absolutely one of the my favorite things that I have ever been a part of creating,
4: Aww. and uh,
12: and and he will always hold an uh, in incredibly uh, special place in my heart, and uh, and I love that I made him uh, an an older fellow because I feel like I feel like one day, uh, you know, you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have. Uh, glassy eyes and uh, and a big white afro, and I'm gonna be floating over somebody. Someday.
11: Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's amazing. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it.
12: Thank you, dude.
6: Thank you so much, Kari and Brian. I miss miss Kari. It's been a while. I don't know. I know. Oh no. All right, y'all. <laughs> Arc two. The bad guys. <sighs> this is when shit started getting real.
10: Started, started getting, getting real. real. <laughs>
6: yeah.
4: I know.
10: This I know.
6: is the arc that we disappeared.
4: <laughs> Yo.
9: Yeah. Uh,
10: way to go, Laura. Yeah, yeah you kind too, baby. baby.
9: <laughs> it wasn't just me.
10: Where did you get Matt? that baby?
4: <laughs>
9: <laughs> you said you have a Kiri question. I did, I that? had a Kiri question, but no. I, I don't know way. if it's like this arc, or, but Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After we left, and then I was messaging Kiri, Mm -hmm. one of the times that we were talking to her, she said that she had built something in (laughs) Hubbarduke, and I just want to know what it was that she built. That's
3: right. Sure. Meat grinder. (laughs) That's a perfect example of one of those. (laughs) Well, then the many things that wasn't <laughs> planned and then it came out 100%. and then in my head, I was like, well, I got to figure out what well, that means. Yeah. You know, that happens a lot. And we
9: never got back to Hubbard Duke. To no, no, out.
3: you didn't, uh, but but I was like, what? I was trying to think, because it's curious, I'm like, what a thing she would have heard based on where she was that she would say, I've built something because she'd been around like Tinker Top and you right. know, the, the, the Tinker over there. And I was like, she'd say that. Oh God, what did she build? And then I thought about it, I was like, honestly, it's a music box. That's what she was gifted when you guys left, oh, and so she probably made her own music box.
9: Here I was thinking Aww. she made some giant weapon of destruction, <laughs> and she made a music box. So
3: it kills people.
9: <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah. it like plays the music, and then when it stops, it shoots a dagger out.
10: Yeah. <laughs>
7: <laughs> so that plays could learn a song <laughs> to sing while she's <laughs> so no. stabbing. Uh,
9: exactly.
10: Yep. Bump, 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 bump. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's all. That was my question. I needed to ask. It's a good question. Well, how about this? Let's start off with a fan question for this one.
3: Sure, yeah. We rolling.
6: Let's rolling.
3: rolling. Okay. Natural twenty.
7: Oh damn! I
9: got nineteen. I thought I was gonna win that one. Uh -uh. oh.
3: Uh uh Take it. My rolls. All righty. Oh, interesting. Let's go and do this one. So. He's going to ask himself a question, isn't he?
4: <laughs> yes. Yes!
3: <laughs> no, no. Uh, Laura and Travis, at Levinsome on Instagram writes, Travis and Laura welcomed their son during the early part of Campaign 2. Did their journey as parents influence how they approached their characters and relationships? Jester specifically saw a massive shift in her relationship with her mother, while Ford changed patrons from the evil Okotoa to the more nurturing wild mother.
9: Oh man, I don't know if, I don't know if I even registered that it changed my relationship, like after Ronan was born. But I do know that I was pregnant with Ronan at the tail end of Vox Machina campaign. Yeah. So I was thinking about that when I was creating, you know, Jester's full backstory. Hmm. So I'm sure that influenced why she had such a tight relationship with her mother and Mm, everything. Yeah. I don't even think I like realized that until just now.
10: Yeah, we did Grog's one shot, and we I, the two people that everybody went into the tavern and the yeah. first time met. There was a green half orc gentleman and a blue tiefling,
9: and they had a baby. And you were gonna trying to you were trying to kill the baby.
10: I'm sorry, I didn't get there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> is that is that why um, Jester didn't know who the dad was? <laughs> but,
9: oh, <laughs> that's why Jester's father was really powerful. Uh, yes.
5: Mm. Oh, yeah. Good answer. Thank good. Answer. You. I don't know. I
10: don't know if it affected. It, it was every parent knows this. There's a there's the time before you had a kid and, and afterwards, and all of the moments that you see in movies and TV shows and stuff where a kid is part of the the stakes in the drama. It's it's so much different after you have a parent. I remember the we saw Endgame after Ronan was bored and I was like you lost weeping at shit. the I Love You three
4: thousand I was like <laughs> <laughs> And it, I
10: think I think just looking back at the backstory and seeing how much is you know, the idea of parents or somebody that didn't love him enough to keep him around or whatever the circumstances were. Maybe it wasn't even a choice and they were just both killed. I I think it just kind of deepened it a little bit. Um, But with the Wild Mother, it wasn't so much about looking for a, a parent. He was looking for those... Like father figures in the game, which I, I could certainly identify with in, in my life, the people that you look and you're like, okay, who do I want to fill those positions for me as I'm learning about becoming a man and a friend and all those, all those things. Um, and so it was interesting, just kind of moving around from you know Vandran to Caduceus to all these different people that could like um, teach him something because you you always have to be learning.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Good answers. <laughs>
8: <laughs> it was scary when they were gone.
4: Oh, for sure.
8: Didn't like it. Didn't, we didn't like, like it at all.
4: No. Well, of I course, mean,
10: real hard. You, yeah. I, I, I think I don't know if we've talked about. I think we've talked about it. In talks a little bit. Yeah. We were sitting at home with a brand new baby, and you guys are taking on <laughs> Lorenzo, and it starts like kind of trending downwards. And we're like, man, this is crazy to be here watching this unfold live. This is a weird. Yeah. This is a weird feeling. Oh, this is fuck. This is going real fucking south. Do we text him? Do we text him? Do we like? Do we? And it was yeah. just. <laughs> we we're like, well, that happened.
9: <laughs> just staring at the screen, like, what do we do?
10: Are we responsible?
9: Did you always <laughs> us? Day? Were you
5: like, God,
10: they're so stupid.
9: Yeah. You blame <laughs> like,
10: <laughs> Very fair.
6: Run away! <laughs> run away. Was that? Was he born on a Thursday? Was he born that day?
10: No. no. Uh
6: Oh, he was he born was. on a Thursday. But not that. But
10: He went to labor on Tuesday Thursday. and he was born on Thursday.
6: Thursday. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't that. No, Thursday.
9: it was a, it,
5: it was the Thursday weeks weeks
6: after. after. after that That's, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Cuz we weren't anticipating you guys being gone for that Thursday. You went into labor it was, earlier. It was it was the fight against
10: the Robo Jailer in Hopperdupe was That's the one. Right. Yeah, the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ball, yeah.
6: And you guys were kind of being like, I think we were still puppeting you guys. Mhm. And then you guys got yeah all yeah it like happened a lot earlier time. than expected yeah
10: mm-hmm. I was like cool cool I'll handle it I had a sunset prepared
6: <laughs> <Yeah>.
10: <laughs> didn't make it didn't make it came early oh well <laughs> what can you do? So
6: well weird. thank you good question yeah. and yeah you were like were you in New York or I feel like the time difference was wonky and you like woke up to panic or something yes I
2: feel like there was something where. There were lots of texts, <laughs> more than usual. Where it's like you look at our thread and it's like 127 texts, and I'm like, something bad happened. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. No joke is
5: that uh, funny.
7: Yeah.
2: Oh, did, yeah. you, did
5: you get one text from Ashley Birch saying "I got you
10: back"? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
10: My revenge was well planned. <laughs> I did not. Did was Lorenzo not. supposed to die in that in that fight, or was he supposed to be like a longer? Was supposed to? He's...
3: Yeah, I had thought that if he could escape, he was once again right. tying into more of the Dragon Tooth narrative. Like if he had managed to escape, and you guys were, you know, kind of tied a little more into the Shady Creek Run elements there he would have been a recurring, vengeful creature, and now knowing the faces and the individuals that essentially ruined a very profitable portion of the Jagantoth's business structure, then they would begin seeking you down, and you had now made enemies of another criminal syndicate while working for a criminal syndicate. Uh. Like, it just would have been its own, you know, unique narrative uh, path, but then you managed to wipe him and everybody else in <laughs> that that uh, stronghold out, so there was nobody left to really kind of report back about who had done it. Just them to pick up the pieces and
9: they just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. You guys we're, just vanished we're,
3: we're, into the night. So we kind of nipped that thread at the moment.
8: Can I just jump on a fan question?
3: Sure. That, that yeah. I
8: really want to know. Yeah. Uh Alex. You gotta roll for it though. Lemarue. Oh, uh, it's 14. Okay.
6: You're the <laughs> highest out of everyone that rolls. Well <laughs> done.
8: Alex Lemoro VA, asks. The Mighty Nine encountered a mosaic relief of three yes. creatures. Yes. yes. Wow. Huge no. thing. Each with three eyes, totaling nine eyes. These being Ukatoa, the Leviathan Lord, Deserat, the Twilight Phoenix, and Kwajal, the Undermaw. <laughs> Did these have anything to do <laughs> with <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> supposed <laughs> yeah, nine good. eye prophecy yeah. visions that the Nine had, or was it simply coincidence? And then I'm going to tag on my B question Was there any path in this game where we would have had to face Ukatoa?
4: Yeah.
8: yeah. Okay. There's a lot in that one. That was, um, that yeah. was a lot
5: of questions. Hey, don't blame Liam. Blame Alex Lamoureux. Via thanks, thanks a lot, Alex. Alex. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so uh, the the nine eyes between those three entities was intentionally kind of a red herring. Mm. Uh, that early in the story, kind of you know putting some parallels in there. I like I like putting separate parallels that kind of confuse things a bit until they begin to clarify. Um, so you namely, because you picked up on it. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in it, but there was a possibility, if Uk'otoa had been released, that then you had oh. still, still bound to a sea entity, and one of its champions meant that you were now an indentured herald, essentially, to start helping him expand his domain Excellent. and possibly help the other <laughs> two entities <laughs> that he's yeah. pacted with between these three and helping them be released as well. Oh, their uh, buddies should have done that. Oh, can I, I ask the side question?
9: A part B to to Liam's, a part C to fair. Liam's B. I
3: don't think
10: he's even finished the A and the B.
9: I know, but this is also this is part <laughs> of that one. Were the three, the the song and the carnival that they were singing was it talking about those three yes, creatures?
3: Yeah, those those were all performances that essentially were early layering in the mythology of those three okay. entities. Um, Cause I had actually written those three entities before I had decided on the Somnavum being nine eyes. Once again, that kind of inspiration came from Molly's backstory coming in. So I'd already kind of established their mythology, and then the Somnavim thing came in, and then that became Nine Eyes. I was like, okay, we have nine eyes here and three creatures. I can go ahead and put against all three of them nine eyes and just make it a weird parallel. Um, Damn it. Yeah, that kinda of, that kind of a vibe. So it was it was meant to kind of throw off the scent a little bit, but also just kind of make things seem maybe more connected, and when you chose a specific path, maybe that would be unveiled. Um, and who knows, maybe if I got inspired down the road, I could connect them all, but it didn't seem to, you know. nothing set in stone when you're damning, for those who know, if you DM, if players do something unexpected or something in the narrative comes up that's much cooler than what you had planned, then you're like, yes, that is now the story. And so I could have very well have tied that all together, but there wasn't much, Ukato never got released, Uketo. and there wasn't, every time, there wasn't much of a, a heavy pursuit for the other creatures other than just, you know, seeing the relief so it wasn't a necessary I thing to about introduce it. It. I, I, I seriously thought about it but the
10: vomiting seawater made it impossible <laughs> If I could have kept it like tucked under I would have let that bitch out
6: You should Really? I,
10: I was really shocked you did Knowing you
6: I was
4: did, you, I, I, yeah. I would
8: yeah. 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 like, wake up oh, puking oh, water oh, and be you like, you like you are part the part of the fine. I know it only firms up once you make it real and we didn't get there but spitball in your mind Tarask is here. Okotoa is here. Here. here, Okotoa is uh, about
3: on par, f- a little under uh, comparatively. Tarask. Yeah, it's he's a he's a lesser idol. He's he's a, essentially like around the demigod level.
6: More more than the kraken. Wait 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 wait. wait. Is uh, that around
3: like... probably like equal to or a little higher than a kraken? Okay. Stronger like a, than stronger than a kraken. I'd stronger say. than Arty. Uh, on par in some ways. If they were to go toe Dang, to toe, can you okay.
9: imagine if we gotten already fighting on our side in that final boss fight? Another beach.
3: He's lazy. Oh, sure, Damn you, divine! He's distracted. intervention. He's he's got a lot going on. He's
9: distracted. Too many white ties. It's
3: a balance standpoint too. There's only a certain we'll, point where we'll like, I'm like, yeah. If <laughs> yeah. if a cleric can just call their patron in to fight alongside them, the one who gives divine them all their power,
9: divine intervention. though would have. Yeah.
3: Evolve. Well, divine intervention like that. That's a circumstance where you can give like a momentary, you know, reprieve to that that balance rule, but that never yeah. works. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm? <laughs> I still can't. I still cannot you fucking me. believe that you, we'll Dark Lord we'll Warlock, <laughs> son of a bitch.
6: Did so we in have that two yet? Shut up. Two successful divine interventions all campaign. Three. I Three. I think. Thank you, Danny. So one was you in uh, uh, Vokodo,
11: Nope.
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. the, the final, final one. On and oh, and
3: then there was the one to find the entrance. Find the door. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Caduceus.
9: Also Caduceus.
3: Aor. It's crazy. Final oh,
9: one. Also Caduceus. I never you never had any. No. Who R- was
3: anybody any? else? I'd be like, oh, how? You? Have so you was like I get it. Perfect. Yeah. I'm really oh. <laughs> just
9: waiting
7: finally found some some found he's
9: always with me and yet he never fucking listens <laughs>
3: and
8: it's entirely on brand
9: yes, it totally <laughs> is it's that, it's
8: that kids in the hall sketch where the guy comes in to rob the house and he's like, where's your stuff over there oh, so far <laughs> 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 but yeah, so Ugatowa was never meant to be
3: like a combat encounter at the lower levels if he was released, that would have been maybe a late game thing or or it would have been less about fighting and beating him, and more about trying to reseal him. Mm. You know, like it would have been more of a, a tactical, you know, series of role play encounters that would have. You know, we're talking like, you know, god of war style. You're not even trying to damage the creature, you're just trying to get to these things and then reseal these bits. You know, it would have been a whole. A it whole sounds like a bit.
5: fun strategy game involving Ukutoa, oh, Jesus
3: <laughs> where you, like, where
5: you Use your wits to keep him locked away and away from your keep your
8: away. Anyway, next question. Black
6: <laughs> <laughs> I am curious. Speaking of the pirate arc. Yeah, yeah. Going to Dark Toe. So much fun. Uh, Dark Toe is the coolest. So I wish we had more, more time. I
8: know. One fucking
6: day. One day we got uh, tossed oh, out on our asses. Get,
10: one, 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 one day we're efficient. going
6: back. There's, we we got to do right like a Dark Toe yes. one shot yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. right? I'm we got to go oh, back. I'm oh, back. I'm done for that. Oh my God, that. yes, please. Um, All the shit that I threw out from Bo about being here tracking Avantika because I'm here with the Cobalt Soul. Mm. And I was just rattling all that shit off the top of my head to hope that he would believe that I I was essentially a fed, just looking for him. And then he was like, oh yeah, I I know some feds. They're great. What's his deal with the Cobalt Soul? So
3: so this, well, and to be fair, this is another moment of going, this wasn't a planned part of his backstory, but in the moment when you present information, and the way you've created a character, they connect in a way that makes sense. You go with that instinct, and so for him, I see the Plant King as a self, kind of a professed intellectual. He's somebody who tells people how smart he is and really, you know, reads the trades and likes to talk about all the (laughs) trivia that he collects and like, you know, probably hires a lot of people at Darktoe to bring political information from the world to him and gives him a few golds just so he can feel like he's a little above the rest of the the riffraff of Darktoe and can rattle off long words and, you know, (laughs) and kind of lord over that aspect. So I see him as someone like that.
6: You can tell by his scalped wig.
3: Yes. Yeah, well, that, that, that was the fun the <laughs> dynamic, is he is that, and then he's also a cutthroat killer. Yeah. Um, and then I thought of the fact that the, the, the revelry had started by a bunch of merchant sailors and sailors who were completely over all the political uh, corruption of the Clovis Concord and all the different uh, merchantary guilds that were like essentially squeezing all the sailors dry, who were shipping all throughout this coastal area, and the revelry started with the people breaking away from that. So I think in his mind, uh, why it was like, Over time was like the cobalt soul. They would have taken that down. They're doing the good thing, and I think honestly, they're probably cool with what we're doing. And he's just kind of picked up this kind of slow building respect over time for the Cobalt Soul as as kind of this entity that he's built up in his mind that probably does not mirror at all the actual (laughs) group. But in his head he's like, Yeah, they're they're the few good guys out (laughs) there. And I bet if I got to meet somebody like higher up there, we'd do some cool work together and fuck up these people in the Clovis Concord who've been bullshit. Like that's how I envisioned it. So when you mentioned okay. that, I was like,
6: "He has a parasocial yeah, relationship yeah He has a parasocial with <laughs> relationship
3: with the Cobalt Soul, and was like, wow. was like, okay, you're cool. It's, it's it's like someone who who reads a bunch of, of of you know nonsense stories somewhere, and then somebody, their grandfather wrote them. And you're like, oh, I know nothing about you as a person, but this weird connection means you're cool in my book. And do what you want. Yeah. type scenario.
6: You work for the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. We're going back there. One of my... kind of, oh, yeah.
9: we, we never saw, I, I never saw any fan art of the Plank King.
6: That was a little
3: oh,
8: bit. Really? Little oh, bit yeah. Uh, I never saw yeah, any. A there's, some, but a little. there's some cool ones, too. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I was going to say is one of my favorite things about this game is that you can plan all this stuff and and like I th- I thought of Caleb ages before we started this campaign, and the same thing for campaign three, ages before we started. But you can play and play and play, and then mid game, just off the, off the cuff, something will happen. You'll have an idea, and you'll in the moment be like, "This is a real thing," and then it just bounces back through your entire past mm-hmm. and becomes real. Like like uh, not slash Veth with drowning, which I think you said was like never a thing you thought of initially, yeah. but you you did it in the moment. Yeah. Um, uh,
9: Duster with sweets.
8: Jester with mm-hmm. sweets. Caleb did. You just came didn't... up with that? I never imagined Caleb being a good dancer. I just, in that. Word forgetting things. That, there you that's go. Something that you just came up with on the fly, right?
7: Mm-hmm. Play, play with tea.
6: <laughs> oh, that's right. Play with play tea?
7: With play tea. with tea? Really? <laughs> really I was training. waiting to come on. And I'm like, what am I doing? I guess I'm making tea for everybody. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. I love it. I like, that's what, so great. What are they? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what they're, what?
8: what? And that's, that's like amazing. central to Caduceus. Right. Like, can you just pull it out of your butt? Yeah. And then and it just solidifies. It's great, it. Yeah, it was only because
9: you said, I've never seen you eat anything other than sweets, so I was that's like. That's right. Well, that makes sense. Sure, let's go with it.
4: <laughs> I love that. Sometimes,
8: ten minutes into the game, one of the other players will See create that a that defining you're... characteristic about your character. That you're stinky. <laughs> <canon.
6: laughs> there it is, dirt <laughs> wizard. There it is, dirt wizard. Oh look, like, he's so... covered in dirt and smells. Uh, I'm really not. <laughs> like, yes, <this> you are. <laughs> you smell a
8: lot,
9: actually.
6: It's true, though. You're kind of writing backwards as yeah. you're writing forward, and then it stays uh, yeah. forever.
8: It's really cool.
6: Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's right. in
7: high school. It just happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's what that was.
6: <laughs> Shall we roll for this last fan like question? It. Yeah, let's do it.
10: <laughs> sure. 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 I'm switching the dice up.
6: Oh shit. Nope.
10: Natural 20.
6: Oh! oh natural two. two.
10: Bow before the eye. Sam! Oh! This is for you from at Nicodrazian. Uh-huh. What was going through Nott's, Veth's head during the time Sumali was on the show as Nala? Sh- Nila? Nila. Why did I say Nila? Nila. Because you can't oh. read. I'm in love with Nala from The Lion King, so <laughs> oh, my, my brain freezes. You also weren't there for her go. Yeah. That's so. true. Since she had a great goal of finding her husband and son, just like Not, did she feel a drive to help uh, her find her son and husband, or did it pain her to see them reunited again?
5: Uh, well, a little, both. First of all, Sumali was so good on the show, it was just fascinating to watch her work and act and be. Um, I, early on in the game, I think not was very motherly. Um, well, throughout the game she was motherly. Um, but it turns out like when you play DD for a while, you kill a lot of people. And so <laughs> it got harder and harder to be like I'm the mother who wants to protect all children and and value parenting and stuff because like you're just killing people nonstop. Yeah, it's, um, you know, <laughs> one but issue uh, of the
3: game that I need but, to work on as we go forward. <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> um, but I think uh, she she viewed Neela as as um, as a as a as a, uh, a, fel- a fellow mom on the right path and wanted to um, wanted to help her along and and. It probably made her feel bad that she wasn't making as much uh, progress towards getting back to Luke and Yeza as as she could. But, you know, she was playing the long game and waiting for Caleb to get strong enough to change her back, which I assumed would happen at some point, and then it did. Amazing.
4: Uh
5: (laughs) (laughs) It took a long ass time, though.
3: Yeah, something you got to
5: earn. But it was totally worth it and, and such a cool such a cool thing. Thanks, Matt.
10: Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's true, I don't even think we watched all of the episodes during those first, like, six to eight weeks of, all all parents will know this, those first few weeks of uh, a new child are like, blackout. You just don't, you're not sleeping. Even if we had
9: watched them, we wouldn't
5: remember them.
10: You might have. There's no sleep. Yeah. No.
5: Luke was, (laughs) by the way, I, I almost named my son Luke. That's why, that's why, in real life, that's why I, oh, I chose the Oh, that
3: no ever. way! Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, wow, I feel real bad now.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Like,
3: yes. I already felt bad.
5: It's my son's great-grandfather's name. Oh, amazing. Yeah.
6: Well, before we move on to arc three, to top off this discussion of arc two, I think we can all say the campaign would have been deeply different had it not been for a certain dwarf fighter. <laughs> uh oh. brian had a chance to chat <laughs> with good old ashley birch aka K. Yeah.
11: take a look
6: yeah.
11: all right i am here with undoubtedly the fan favorite and cast favorite <laughs> guest of campaign 2 ashley birch welcome how are you Thanks
13: for having me i'm good uh, you got I'm, your... I'm very skeptical that i'm the fan
11: favorite. oh well i definitely <laughs> I definitely haven't said that to everyone who's oh,
13: yeah. come
11: right, on to be interviewed, right, right, so it's, right, 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 you know, right, right. It's, not a, it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on to talk about your character, Keg, who was My pleasure, such a big part of this campaign. Um,
13: <laughs> in, in, in
11: so many ways that we will definitely get to. Uh, but first, share with the folks, if you can, a little bit of the inspiration uh, behind Keg when you were first asked to come onto the show.
13: Yeah, so my inspiration behind Keg was pretty simple. I found out that female dwarves could had, have beards, mm-hmm. um, could grow beards, and that was basically the entire motivation. I was that like, oh, was
11: just, I, I gotta, got gotta do it.
13: Uh, and um, I also liked the idea of her having sort of a, a tough front, but secretly being a coward. Yeah. That was, the other, that was really the combination.
11: Yeah. Had you, had you played someone like that before? I know oftentimes with RPGs, sometimes we like to use that as a way to really explore something we haven't before. Have you have you played a character like that? Or was Keg kind of the first for you? I
13: think Keg was kind of the first. I think, you know, I've, I guessed it on Critical Role a few times before Keg. So I also wanted her to feel distinct from the other characters that I had played as I yes. guessed it. Um, and most of those were pretty, you know, brazen, loud, whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to try role-playing, which led into a very interesting occurrence. But I wanted to try role-playing a character in that world that maybe isn't as apt to fight as everyone else's.
11: What was your favorite moment of your time on Critical Role? And then I'll tell you mine of your time on the show.
13: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have a feeling I know what yours is. Uh,
11: No, I'm kidding. Yeah, because you were around for Gen Con. Mm-hmm. You were around for an arc, uh, a little bit of an arc there. So, what what what, what moment was your favorite? And if, if it's different than Kegs, tell us what Kegs was as well.
13: Well, Kegs is obvious. Kegs was getting getting lucky, getting uh, a little action. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, my favorite, I think, was when I read my apology letter.
11: Mm.
13: Um, I just had the thought that she would have little cracked glasses and and be kind of illiterate, and I sort of yeah that endeared her to me. So I liked that moment.
11: That endeared her to everybody. (laughs) Um, Not for long, though, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Was there anything about Keg that didn't get revealed during the game that you want to make sure the critters and or the cast, because the cast is watching this right now, too, uh, that the cast know, that the cast would want to know?
13: I was kind of hoping that, Keg's friend, who sort of was had the amulet that she gave to uh, mm-hmm. Sam's character. Um, I was kind of hoping he would be imprisoned in that in that prison at the end or something. Yeah. Um, I just I liked the idea of this relationship of someone who believed in Keg and was wrong, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at first, you know, um, yeah. Saw something in her that she wasn't ready to fulfill, sort of. Uh, that she was too scared to sort of to sort of blaze that trail that that person had had sort of set for her.
11: What do you think uh, Keg's up to now?
13: I think she's trying to do good. I think she's Mm. probably taken a cue from her new friends and is trying to sort of travel the world, righting wrongs where she can. And I think she's okay at it. I think it's like a 50-50 split where sometimes she's genuinely noble, sometimes she makes things worse than when she got there, um, but her heart is in the right place in a way that it wasn't before.
11: I'm going to write that down because you just described me perfectly. <laughs> what do you think, uh, what do you hope that Keg's legacy is ultimately? Known for, for doing what you just said?
13: I think so. I mean, I think the thing that I liked about Keg as a character is that, man, does she fuck up. I mean, she fucked hmm. up pretty hard on her first game um, <laughs> and had really dire <clears throat> consequences. Yeah. But I think the fun thing about her is that you get to see her stumble and then try to not fuck up again. And I think Mm. um, hopefully by this point, especially since Molly uh, was resurrected, people have forgiven her. Um, Yeah, I think so. I think that that being her sort of legacy of um, of of being a fuck up and then hopefully earning forgiveness with your actions.
11: Hmm thank you so much for coming on and spending a few minutes uh with us talking about keg and uh for for coming on critical role and and leaving such a a legacy for two characters (laughs) (laughs) thank
4: Thank you you you, ashley you're so
11: welcome you're so welcome
6: I hope she feels vindicated. <laughs>
8: <laughs> that was
6: adorable. She's so cute. She's the best. <laughs> best. <laughs> I messages on a
7: messages on occasion of like, there's a Molly Mock cosplayer on this train. I, should I move? What do I do?
4: I <laughs> apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
7: Stay still. Oh. No, wait, wait till they get off the train. No matter how far it goes. <laughs> oh, no. that's amazing. Occasionally we get the best text.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, now we're getting into Arc Three, which is the Bright Queen's favor. This is this is full Jor Jor-Has. We met Essex. Yeah. Uh, hot boy. Hot boy. 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 And yeah. we. Walked through a worm tunnel to get there.
3: Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. yeah, you travelled far beneath the surface. Oh, that's
8: right. Yeah, it was oh, so geez. disorienting when we yeah. came out on the side of a mountain and just watched Dunamancy for the first time and it was yeah. just, just seemed so strange. That was the chair and then the tunnel and, <laughs> and then the tunnel and yes. the tunnel and the d- tunnel. Yeah, yeah.
7: That yeah. that Fuck. whole section like going way in into the into into the the darkness felt like Disneyland to me. It felt like when they're like shifting to another land. Oh yeah. sure. And, like you're like walking like underneath the bridge and suddenly you're, like, oh, it's New Orleans now, apparently. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's it also felt... where you met
7: Spurt.
4: Oh, Aww.
13: Spurt. Spurt. <laughs> For, like,
4: <two>
9: seconds.
10: Yep.
4: <laughs> it
9: felt very much oh. like that part in a video game where you get to an area and they go, You can't go this way. You can't go this way. And in a video game, you'd have to turn around and, and find another path. And we just kept going, no, let's. Let's make this part work, you know. <laughs> it's, and did you have to like completely re- rework a whole arc because we kind of shoved ourselves into Jorha so quickly?
3: I mean, yeah. But also, <laughs> that's why I love the game. You know, it's it's uh, my favorite moments are when I'm caught off guard or or when you know I'm not trying to put up barriers to stop you guys, but I'm I'm trying to logic out. The challenges that would be before you to make this really difficult choice, and if you guys continue to persist and find clever ways to bypass those barriers, then I'm I'm gonna reward you for it and just throw my shit out the window and figure something else up on the fly. Right. So yeah, like it. What well, you know? Other than, I think no one's more disappointed than Matt Coville that you guys went to Jawhar. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh. <laughs> but yeah, I. It, it was just an interesting. Path to follow and continue to go through the underdark, to go through these tunnels, and then find yourself in Jorhas and and completely shift the direction of the campaign in a really cool way. Getting involved with you know Jorhasian terrain and the dynasty a lot earlier than I initially anticipated, and from the perspective of kind of just wandering into it as opposed to any like direct political impetus to get you there, like it was it was really interesting and I don't know what I was expecting, so yeah. (laughs)
4: <laughs>
7: the
3: more walls you put up, the more likely we are to be
7: like, there's something that you're protecting <laughs> yeah. over there. Oh, I yeah. know that! Yeah. You think I don't know that? Every yeah. challenge is like, <laughs>
8: clearly the the this is everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was the chair? What
4: was the chair?
8: Yeah, you can fess up now. Tell us, tell what us, us. What was the chair? Tell us the secret, all your secrets. So... No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check
5: my notes.
3: There was a. There was a really, really nice like mahogany tree once.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and somebody with some skill with a saw and a sander was like, I got an idea. Mm, I love this
6: story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: No, uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, I'm curious because, and you've kind of loosely touched on this before, mm-hmm. that Essex was kind of supposed to be a bad guy. And then we. Made friends with him and his heart grew three sizes that day. Yeah, he totally
3: grinched that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah, What was his plan? Essek
3: Essek was designed to not be like a major antagonist, but to be an antagonistic force in the world. You guys kind of barged in to the Korean dynasty and gave this extremely sought after, thought lost artifact that is intrinsic to their entire culture and religion. And as soon as you did that, Essek was like, well, first off, I know how they got that beacon, and I'm attached to this. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that smuggled it out, so I need to get in real close with these people and keep an eye on everything they do because they're now the biggest loose end on my guarded um. person. You know, like like. You know, if, if it's like committing murder and so on, so it's like I found a boot in your yard, and he's like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 <laughs> you guys, you guys brought this in," and he was like, <laughs> "I, was like, I have to get the other one. So he he immediately was like, "I'll take care of them, I'll work with their business, I'll figure out where they're going, and I'll be their their you know Liaison. chaperone is essentially," and so it was him just trying to cover his ass while also trying to figure out what you were up to, what your connections were, how much you knew. And then the more he got to know you guys, because his whole goal was just to keep this thing going with the dynasty, he was fed up with a lot of the political structure of of, of the dynasty. Uh, or keep this thing going with, sorry, with the with the assembly. He was fed up with, with a lot of the dynasty's kind of zealotry and the the he doesn't really have any formal interest in the lux, and he thinks that it's misguided. He thinks that, that there's a lack of of interest in seeing what Dunamancy can actually do because everything is regimented instead by the cultural history of it. And he just wants to advance to see what is possible, and he found partnership in the in the assembly that way. But you guys. Kept like inviting him
8: over for dinner and
3: we asking about, about his it. eggs.
8: <laughs> yeah, for real. When we left him, I was like, "Well, I really hope that I, I I see things that that I have in common with him and I empathize." But he's got all he's going to need years to unpack his shit, or he's not, or he's just going to bend back and do all the things he was doing before without us. And then, one time we met up with him again, he's a changed man. Yeah, well, he he was still struggling.
3: He he didn't know who he was, and at a certain point, your guys' interaction kind of showed him that he could be better and he was struggling with the I, the con, being convinced that it was too late for him and so it was this idea of like i've already fucked up my entire life and i didn't realize it until i found people that actually cared to look past my position and my abilities and he'd been kind of a solitary figure his whole life except for like his relationship with his brother like he didn't get along with his parents. He didn't get along with most people in the dynasty unless they helped him maintain and advance his position of power and influence. And so you guys fucked him up.
9: Is that why he wasn't consecuted?
3: Yeah, he didn't he didn't he, he refused to do it. Um, because mm-hmm. he didn't believe in it. And he had odd theories about how consecution would affect the the dominance. Of use and manipulation of dunomancy.
6: Oh.
3: Um, so, yeah, his they,
6: lying about it was just about going along with the zealotry and not
3: exactly because he, 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 he didn't want eye people eye. to think that there was something up. Yeah, staying part of the tapestry around him. Exactly. Like a, a, a large part of his early times was just trying to deflect and you know misdirect and like don't look at me, I'm just here, just here paying attention. I got nothing to do with any of this. It's weird, huh? You know. And then the more you got to know him, he eventually kind of let that fall away. Yeah, I was not expecting any of that. Neither were we. He's such a cool character. Yeah. He, he became so much more of a central character than I anticipated, too. It was fun to roleplay. I really enjoyed whenever he got pulled into the story. It was awesome. You made him float, man. What else were we supposed to do? Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Yeah. That's all you have Nobody to do. Nobody
9: else floats The minute you described him and everyone's like, he's hot, you yeah. know we're going to interact with him. <laughs>
5: <laughs> all you have to do is make a character that does one cool thing and they don't attack us immediately and we'll love them forever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so true.
6: Are you powerful? Essek awesome. And v- You're <laughs> our <friend. laughs> yes. <laughs> he, just, he reminds me of a remember in um, from boss from Goth to Boss, mm-hmm, an IT mm-hmm. crowd. That guy yep. and how they would just sometimes when he entered and exit rooms, they would just put him on a dolly and pull him out. Yep, yep. It's kind of reminded me of. Yep. When he just no. floated. That's a good reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about a fan question? Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. question? okay. Roll those dice. Natural yeah. twenty again. Oh. What? Just, you just
3: asked one. Wait. I did. did you? I don't know. Well, I answered one. Uh, uh, Liam, Uh, Melin, I think it is, or Melin, my apologies, uh, asks, while he never voiced this in game, Caleb's feelings for Jester have been an important part of his journey. Did he ever come close to confessing, or how was playing such a long-lasting one-sided love after last campaign's bittersweet ending for Vax and Kiki?
6: Dish, dish girl.
8: I was never going to do romance of any kind, one-sided or otherwise, uh, in this campaign. Because I felt like we really explored that pretty heavily, campaign one. <laughs> um, I think you'll remember that Jester oh, you drove make eyes at her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at
8: the table. She's
2: mine now. She's <laughs> 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 <You laughs> mine now. <laughs>
8: um,
4: I think you'll all remember that now. Jester drove yeah. Caleb
8: nuts at the beginning of the campaign. So yeah. it was nothing that I ever expected at all. And then when they were uh, in, uh, was it? wherever the dance hall was, I, and I alluded to this earlier, dancing was never anything that I imagined for Caleb. It was just like, and you, you were asking him to dance. Jester was asking him to dance. I was like, oh, this could be an interesting way to like sort of seed my story that we're not really around yet. And um, there was something about, not the dancing, but the way that Jester treated him kindly after the fact. Like, his response was to be like, I'm going to go fucking vomit in a street and just be by myself. And she wouldn't let it happen. And that was just like this first little moment where someone was, like, everyone in the Nine, I want to answer another question while I'm answering this. Like, I I wonder if we had gone that different direction that we talked about earlier, where we didn't go crime.
4: Mm-hmm
8: and we had gone into Rexxentrum earlier, and if Caleb had started interfacing with his past earlier, I think he would have had a gnarlier, more severe trajectory in this campaign. If he had touched his past sooner, it would have changed what he was, but he spent way too much with the Nine for when we finally did catch up to them, it was too late. He'd already been kind of healed enough by the Nine that didn't matter. and everyone in the nine had an effect on Caleb. They all had their love, like uh, in different ways. Yasha, he could relate to. Caduceus was like a guru that confused but inspired. Ford, who <laughs> Caleb thought was real hot at the beginning of the campaign, uh, was like <laughs> a <hot>. great leader <laughs> and and like and like a, a just. I don't know. I feel like he was his closest friend uh, outside of not early in the campaign. Bo brought tough love. Veth was uh, this ultimate support, no matter what happened. But what started to happen with Jester was that she was treating Caleb like the person he. She was treating him as if he was the person he was. He should have been. Mm. Like none of it had happened.
4: Hmm. Oh, and
8: he became like it just got in him, and and he. But he would have never wanted to. Saddle her with all his shit, and the difference, like, there was also a point in the campaign where, where I could see uh, in in Yasha's absence, Beauregard warming up to her, and I and I'd already quietly been thinking and going like, well, I'll just have this little thing that I'll like, maybe fans will see, and and some did early on. Like, uh, it was silent; it was all silent. Um, and then and then I was like, "Well, Travis is never going to do it." Oh, Travis just came online, so the entire side of the table was like quietly like, Uh "Oh."
6: Just, at Jester hey, just, for a while. Just, hey, Jester, when do you have a second?
8: But Caleb knew that <laughs> Beau and Ford would have been far better for her because they would have put aside anything for Jester and made her their number one. And Caleb knew that as much as she like changed him and helped him in a very specific way, and he, and he quietly fell in love with her, and like a Jane Austen, I'm never going to say it, <laughs> uh that he would never have set aside the things that he was trying to do. He would never have set aside trying to either get back to his parents and fix that. He would never set aside trying to undo the the Cerberus Assembly if he were strong enough. So like that was too all-consuming and so he would never want to saddle her with it. So it was always gonna stay inside and there were multiple times in the campaign where Jester teasingly like needled Caleb and I was terrified that you would say the word inside check. Multiple times. I think so, I
9: did at once.
8: Well, you must have rolled really low when you yeah. did because I did my best to like pull faces at you and poo poo it and and do something <laughs> silly to like dodge out of those situations. I <laughs> are
4: you secretly in love with me?
8: And I and <laughs> so yeah, dumb. you said that and I went like, that's fucking ridiculous yes. with my face and we moved on.
4: Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> it's so
9: funny you joke bad. about like the whole table being in love with Jester because like Jester had like no concept of it at all like. Her whole upbringing was everybody being in love with her mother and like her whole, and she knew like she's so different from Marion and like her appearance and the way she presents herself that like to her, like that is what people want. That's what everybody would be in love with. And so like there was never, like she would never have thought in a million years that Beau would have been interested or that. Caleb would have been interested, or that Ford would have been interested. Like, she she tried to be Marion when she was coming on to him in the early campaign, and obviously it did not work. <laughs> so she was like, okay, then, I, nobody's, that's not going to happen for me. So it just, like, turned off in her brain, like, nobody will.
10: That, there was a moment where, that's, where that stopped, too, because, like, you doing the thing that you thought your mom did and that worked, you know, Ford's like, I've never been flirting with before, I don't know what this <laughs> is, stop doing it. The, that all that behavior stopped, and you kind of like let the, like the happy Jester fall away. Yeah. Like I think it was at a, like on the sea, right? Like with the jellyfish scene, and then it all kind of happened. you started sort of like
6: mm-hmm. crying. There was a few times where there was like these moments of, like Jester smiling, but tears were streaming down her face, yeah. trying to be like the happiest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I don't know. Jester always had this like, but I, I think why Jester is so enigmatic and so easy to fall in love with is because she is the purest person in the room. So that it invites this kind of... um,
8: Which doesn't even mean innocent, it just means the purest person. Pure,
6: yeah. It's just very endearing Mm. and kind of in the way, and this is almost going to sound condescending, but almost in the way that a child is, where if like a little girl runs up to you and they're like, look at this card, I think I want to cover the whole thing in glitter. You kind of have no choice but to be like, "Yeah, that's a great idea."
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cover
6: the whole thing and like, even if it's bad. She felt like almost like the perfect exercise for yes anding, like the concept of yes anding, because half of them were terrible ideas. But you were like, "Yeah, don't, brilliant." Don't
8: do it in the car. Oh, you did it uh, in the car. the car. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. okay we can vacuum it it's okay. up. not know they're they're children, animals, or Jester Lavor. Yeah. 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 There you, go. <laughs> there you, go.
9: you also, I feel like people are drawn to somebody who sees the best in them, right? Like. You're you're drawn to somebody that loves you, and she just has like an unconditional love for like everybody in the in she changes the
8: group. everyone she meets, including a hag in a hut. Yeah, yes, which it was is.
5: which was why it's so surprising that you told me <laughs> that you were having an illicit affair with Orly the whole time. <laughs> like an illicit I did not think that was
9: going to come up in this particular.
3: Turtle power. <laughs>
9: <laughs> That's why he dressed up as Orly for Halloween.
3: Pretty
8: well, even,
9: uh, I think Still the back.
8: weirdest episode I've ever
4: role-played. <laughs>
8: <laughs> the, the, there's one last element that I want to touch uh, on that and because the way it relates to Essex and Ostrid and Eadwulf. Caleb's start with Ostrid and Eadwulf was like they were aggressively intelligent and driven as fuck and hot and that and that did not go well for Caleb that fucking burned him worse than anything ever could have and Essek who who Caleb thought was so like intellectually attractive and sexually attractive and was like he was really drawn to him but that was like I've done that and that's gonna I put my hand on that stove and it fucking burned my hand off I can't Jester was so different than anything that he'd been wrapped up in before that it was like Aikido. It just like dis- disarmed all of his defenses. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's the end of that. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, take how, the question, how about another fan question? Another fan mm-hmm. question? Sure,
6: why not? Nope, why does that keep happening?
4: Oh, 12. <laughs> five,
6: 12. Four, four.
4: 12. 14.
6: 8. Oh, Allison, yeah. go! Uh,
7: I've got one from Matt from. Blue Snake 462. Uh, It was mentioned that everyone was surprised when Liam gave up the the Luxon, that's true. Uh, What were your original plans for the party and the Luxon, and how were they changed in the moment of handing it over to the Bright Queen? And as an extension, how would the campaign have been different if the party had never gained the favor of the Bright Queen? I imagine we'd be dead, but
3: I'm not, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would have gone very poorly. That's an interesting point. Um, So I had introduced the beacon to kind of your path, hoping that you guys would take it because it would just be this constant magnet for trouble. To have this extremely important focal point to this growing conflict between two political, you know, nations, essentially, uh, and having to keep it secret, keep it safe while everyone is looking for it and people who happen to catch it are like, what's that? You know, it's just, it's 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 trying to hide something that does not want to be hidden in a lot of ways. Very One Ring-esque. Um, and so I was excited that you guys ran with it. And it was there was a lot of unique bartering that it could allow you based on how long you maintained it and any of the interactions you went with, a, both within the Empire or within the Dynasty. But you were the caretakers of it. You could have kept it your own. It could have led to a lot of research and creation of Dunamantic spells and abilities for multiple people if it had been held for a long time. And all of you could have, in some way, shape or form, begun to dabble in Dunamancy beyond just you know the the arcane casting. Uh, elements there. But it would have had the challenge of you constantly looking over your shoulders, constantly in the threat of being hunted down and having characters come into your life that would have probably eventually either discovered or been seeking it within your, your space. And that was going to be the interesting pull of it. So when you gave it to the Bright Queen, that all went away. <laughs> um, <laughs> but conversely, you, right. you immediately bought a, a, you you kind of game shirked the, the the enemy side. We're like, part of the intent was to go in, into Jorhas and, and and realize after all this propaganda from the Empire that's been fed to you about the the dynasty and how bad they were and how Jorhas is a place of demons and murders and such. And you go there and you you meet these people and realize no, they're actually just like everyone on the other side. In some cases, even better. And that's all just bullshit propaganda. Uh but it was gonna be a way of you earning your way up through the structure and meeting people and possibly doing jobs and kind of earning favor in certain <laughs> spaces and maybe even never even encounter the Bright Queen beyond, you know, one time. But then you immediately got caught, brought to her, and I was like, Well, this will be the one time they meet her if they can manage to convince her to, to like time? take take her under and assign them to somebody or break free or whatever. You gave her the beacon and became up, immediate BQ? heroes. Yeah. Um so yeah, it greatly changed the trajectory uh, in a really, really cool way, and it went from like this empire-based narrative and like you know the slow discovery of how things are not what you thought on the other side to fuck the empire. Now we're here. Now we're on this side, and then that led to the discovery of over time that you know things are bad in the empire, but there are still good people there, and it became this kind of straddling the line of you know what do you ally with, if at all. Uh, so yeah, it made a really, really cool story that I wasn't expecting to kind of hit a lot of those layers and that that.
10: It that. was so cool to be on both sides of that because we, we had backstage passes to both concerts. Like, yeah. we Kinda, first yeah. first it was Dynasty and we thought it would be Empire, and then we went back to the Empire and we were like, "Hey, we have this thing. You want to fuck with us or what?" Yeah, <laughs> like, we <that's laughs>
3: gave us all this clout. Yeah. yeah, it 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 changed things a lot. I I, I think how it would have been different. To go off my my earlier point on that too is it would. Climbing through the Dynasty as people, mostly from the Empire, outward facing, would have been a, a climb. It would have been challenging and it would have been making a lot of allies and trying to continuously prove yourselves as not the enemy, not working for the Empire as spies. And uh yeah, it, it would have been a much harder path, but you cheated it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I love I love Jorhas. I loved the oh, dynasty. Yeah. I wish oh me we, too. I wish yeah. we could have spent more time there. I mean, we spent a lot
7: of time. But we have um, a winter home now. You have oh, a house there. Yeah. Like
6: these... I know, but we never got to go back. I know, insane. whatever happened to our housekeeper? Our yeah. Chair. How's our
9: housekeeper? Oh, the fucking well, housekeeper quit. Housekeeper. No! <laughs> no!
3: Well, you stop paying her? Uh, <laughs> uh, <we'll
10: laughs>
6: but I'm sure if you. We have a free house to live in. <laughs> yeah. back
10: pay, though, you got to hang around. We
6: paid her a bit in advance. You I you think did. we paid her like one month in advance.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, <was> so, <laughs> cheap. so yeah. in my mind, money. in my mind, she left, but if you were to return and like, Payback pay with some on top. She'd <laughs> probably come back. And I, I like the Jorhaas is still there. You guys still have friendship and, you know, and, and, Station. Like a tree growing out of the roof. Yeah, like that house is still yours. Turning. So I
9: would like the like worst, think. the worst neighbors. <laughs> Just like everybody hates us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, never yeah. Yeah. You never
8: mow the lawn. Yeah. Once or twice a year, they get the together newspapers. for a week and uh, <laughs> yeah, reconvene.
9: Don't we have like daylight coming out of our tree? Like something that everybody hates there, and it's like. Ah, <laughs> yeah.
7: There's yeah. lanterns in the tree that make it glow, but it's not like it's bright. It's. Not I'm great. sure it attracts a lot of insects. So we're not
8: like National Lampoon's <laughs> <lanterns> Christmas <laughs> Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> He's
5: so uh, gross, like, so like algae all oh. over it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But just <laughs> just like yes, it's
3: perfect. Just yeah. Self-maintaining. It's there's like sure there's stuff Is it it's, it's like when you're living in a humble neighborhood and all of a sudden like this <laughs> giant house gets built in the corner and like some twenty-year-old YouTuber moves in and just keeps throwing parties? Like that's you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ow.
4: Ow. oh, I hate Ow. it. No, hate it. I hate
3: it's it. Not. That's that's not cool. Cool. You take that back. Cool. <laughs>
4: Hey, everybody!
5: (laughs) (laughs) Check it out!
3: (laughs) Oh, I hate it.
7: Nice Linux phone. (laughs) Um,
5: Do we need to ask this last fan question? I'm going to just do it. Sure, Sure. do it. At ArvYarv, or uh, uh, (coughs) ArvYarv, asks, who exactly was in the pile of bones that Caleb instantly incinerated with a flaming sphere leading to the tearing of a character sheet on camera. Oh, Haven't oh yeah. You, yeah. didn't that happen in the first campaign too? Yeah, in the Underdark. Well. Well, yeah, I mean, like kill somebody who is kind of important. Dark, right? yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, Tomb <laughs> yeah. of the Unknown NPC. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Who's this one.
3: If I if I recall correctly, this is this is when you guys were going in the the giants. Caleb's aunt and uncle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> just, God, just finishing the aim. job. So, yeah. um, no, this I think you guys were, this was in Jorhas, and you guys were leaving Rosona to go inspect the. Uh, the giants' den in the Vermaloc We went to a fort, right? And yeah. from the fort, we went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, because the giants were forced out of their home and then occupied the uh, the mining camp there in mm-hmm. the fort. Uh, so you went there, and yeah, there was a goblin that essentially was like quietly and secretly living in there and kind of like living off the scraps that the giants left behind. And was was kind of just this this looming NPC that was going to be a source of, of information about what dangers you could face here, about what's happened to the giants, was and and, right and yeah, and, and and present information about Vents Nutalus, who was the that was when you started finally following the thread that led to Oban, that led to everything there, and the device that he had placed in it. The goblin was like saw him place it and was going to begin to oh, to wow. give all this information to set you on that path, and then. Ashes, <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, I, I have a purpose. <laughs> <You
9: fly. laughs> ears. Who's it going to it's be in campaign three?
6: I wonder. Yeah, you
3: <laughs> yeah. still eventually found the thread in a roundabout way, but like, <laughs> I was like, well, okay, that's a that's a temporary <sighs> dead end. Oh, to
6: speaking God. of uh, the, the new Thaluses, uh before we move on from this arc, mm-hmm. I have to know. I know Danny Carr has to know who was Varen, Essex's brother. We never got to meet Essex's brother. Yeah, you didn't. And in my head, he's also super hot. Obviously.
3: <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, he's he's kind of the he's the himbo of the family in my mind. He's. Keep going. <laughs> 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 you know, he's he's the younger, taller, the more athletic brother of the family. No clothes. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
6: shirtless all the time.
3: Yeah. No, no, no. He okay. he walks. He walks in the ground. Oh. Um, He was float, but also, but like at a
5: at a side angle, like
3: a one. (laughs) (laughs) Essek floats. He He
6: wears Vans.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, He's just constantly drifting. He's just like. (laughs)
4: Um,
3: No, no, he's he's just kind of you know, as opposed to his brother, who's very much eschewed the dynasty culture, and his parents were very deeply steeped in the culture. Varen kind of rides the line where he he understands why his brother is the way he is, but he also believes a lot in the dynasty and and the the faith that the Luxon and the whole idea gives, and he like partially believes it, but he's he's like a he's like yeah I'm Christian kinda because I was raised on it, but I'm also not you know evangelical. They um, have a Luxon rock band. Uh, probably yes. yeah yes. yeah he's got it's got a little puka shell necklace with the little symbol of Queen on it. <laughs> sure. yep.
11: Luxon talk. Uh. <laughs> The beacon will rise! <laughs>
3: but yeah, he's he's <laughs> Oh my god Play? This has gotten away nope. from me nope. entirely
4: to no one's surprise. I, this love, this. Uh, I love this. I love
3: Yeah, no, he's he's just he's stationed at Bazuzan. He's.
4: Oh wow I'm a
3: beacon for
10: you! Somebody
3: was real deep. <laughs> Oof. Ah! Man. We'll leave, we'll leave oh, it there. Uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, he's just—he's he's stationed in Bazozan. He's—he's oh a—he's not like God. an upper upper-ranking warrior, but he's—he's he's, he's pretty well respected. And uh, he, kind of the only bond that Essik had before any of you was with him. Growing up, he's like the, the brother that kind of got him, and they got along okay. In a family that Essik did not get along with at all, and was surrounded by people he didn't get along with. But. Would we have ever crossed paths with him? You you would have if you had probably spent more time or asked around for more people of station in oh. Bazuzan. But you guys only stayed there for a night and then defaced property and then left. That's what we Which did. happens. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes all the sense. Stone. I'm <laughs> sure we left a dick in our wake. You did. Sure.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, you
3: changed the sign of, of the inn you were staying.
8: So.
9: Yeah, what, was the, what did I change the name to? I don't remember.
8: I don't remember either. Well, don't Probably. <laughs> Is that right? So many dick signs.
6: Well, before we move on to Arc Four, we should check in with Sumali Montano, Yay! the fear druid that reminds us why you should never piss off your mother. Let's take a look.
11: All right, I'm here with Sumali, the uh, cast and fan favorite guest of uh, <laughs> Campaign Two, Jesus. N- n- undisputed. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing okay.
11: Thank you. Good. It's it's so wonderful to have you back. Hey. Uh, and talking about your wonderful character from from campaign two. I know we've talked a little bit about this before, but for those who haven't who don't know and haven't seen you uh on Talks Machina, tell us about the inspiration behind Neela, if you will.
1: Definitely part of what inspired me is my dad. He's for sure like the guy who in instilled in me my love of nature and my mm. love of animals and trees and he's literally a tree hugger and so am <laughs> i like <laughs> yeah like when i when i found out that i got pre- that, that i was pregnant like in real life not as me in, in real life i literally yeah. went out to the woods i went out to these like amazing uh tamir woods actually in northern california and i literally just like hugged the tree
11: <laughs> no way i love I it
1: literally like okay give me give me your goodness give me you know share with yeah. me strength and i i ah, that's just where yeah, yeah so my dad my dad definitely instilled that in me What was your what was your
11: favorite moment of your time on the show
1: I'll kind of roll it up into one thing which is which is how much everyone em- embraced me and mm. made me feel so like at the table made me feel so welcome and so comfortable to do something that I'd never done, and literally, like, between between Matt guiding me through the character creation, between his amazing storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, and then the gifts that that would that always came up. Like, I mean, Ashley, I can't remember exactly what she did, but she basically was like, "Will you say the word fuck?" And I'm like, "Oh <laughs> yeah." That was like the perfect. Like set up, i I, like, you know, and you can't, you can't script things like that. You can't expect things like that. But when you're playing with people who are so generous and so understanding of, of the game, I just felt like everybody, you know, everybody, it felt like a big warm hug when I was on.
11: Yes. Yes. Uh, Is there anything about Mila that you didn't get to reveal during the game that you want the critters uh, and the cast to know?
1: Every once in a while. When Neela gets bored, she's tempted to nibble on stuff in her smell bag.
11: What kind of stuff?
1: <laughs> she has it. Yeah. yeah. You know, because the smell bag, the smell bag has a whole, you know, it has mm-hmm. all sorts of things in there. We had talked about this on talks before. but a it, litany. You know, it's got everything from the placenta that, <gasps> a to, you know, mosses and bones of, 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 of creatures or animals that, you know, I had a special relationship with, or you know, but everyone, mm-hmm. you know, it smells good, to Neela. and so yes. sitting there, you know, sometimes nothing to do.
11: Yeah, curiosity.
1: Yeah, you smell it, and you just like, hmm, mm-hmm. would it work. If I just tasted, not on that bone, just a little bit.
11: <laughs> I thought of that with a couple of dog treats that looked really appealing.
1: Right, it's exactly that's the same thing.
11: What do you think, Neela's up to now?
1: I think uh, I, I, I decided that I wanted to have another baby. So like I have, we have another baby for a bowl again, The again. Okay. I think we've gone back to our, I think we've gone back to our home tribe. However, before we left, we grafted this cool, like plant that was able to protect the temple. But. And and keep it, keep anything like any of the encroaching evil plants and evilness away. Mm. And of course, like I checked in with the smell bag to make sure that it was going to hold and that we would be okay going back. Once we had another baby, it was like, I'm going to go back to the, you know, go back to the home tribe. Yeah. But check it, you know, check in and come back every so often. But we use the smell bag to make sure that everything is, is everything okay. Stay safe.
11: What do you uh, hope that Neela's legacy is?
1: You know, family, family comes to mind first. Mm. I think not just, not just your the family you're born into, but your found family. Mm. You know, people people always talk about, you know, how important that is. And to me, like the Mighty Nine, were Neela's found family.
11: Yeah. Well, you played such a memorable character, and I know the cast was so lucky to have you and grateful to have you on the show for Campaign Two. And thanks for coming today to uh, to talk about Neela some more. We really appreciate it.
1: It's absolutely it's absolutely my pleasure. And because of you guys, I have become a huge D and D fan. So yes, I like I play it with my family now. My yes, son, my, <laughs> my son is totally into it, and that is such a, that's such a lovely gift. Be.
11: That's mission accomplished. That's <laughs> mission accomplished then. Thank you so much, Somali.
1: Thanks, Bryce. Oh, dear. Wow. That was <laughs> dear. Yeah. I love that yeah. she's playing with her
6: family. That's the win. Oh, I love it. Um, all right, you guys, before we jump into arc four, we're gonna take a quick break. Oh uh, yeah. see you back in a second.
10: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we're often told that talking about our emotions can be dramatic, unnecessary, or unproductive, but in actuality, when you repress negative feelings, it can be extremely taxing on the brain, so much so that it impairs logical, productive decision making. listen, I-, I am proof of this. I often am very overwhelmed when I look at my calendar and see a long never-ending list of things to do, and I can just feel my brain wanting to shut down and telling me not to do any of it. But the minute I start to talk to someone about my stress and I can brainstorm the best order to go about my day, my task paralysis starts to disappear. So if there is something taxing on your mind that you need to try and talk out, try BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is entirely online, making it convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. And to get started, you just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Plus, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Critical Role today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot slash Critical Role.
5: Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. Each chapter uncovers a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. You can collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Plus, chat and play with, or against, other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. It's June's job to discover the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. In the business world, we often hear expressions like time is money and work smart, not hard. What these essentially mean is that the more efficient your operations are, the more work can be done in a shorter amount of time. So if your business is getting overwhelmed by too many manual processes, too few employees and no source of truth, graduate to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory and HR into one platform and one source of truth. By bringing all your operational tools to Netsuite, you can cut the cost of multiple business systems, reduce manual errors, and increase your overall profits. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. Save time and money, and see how you'll benefit with Netsuite. Backed by popular demand, Netsuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com/criticalrole. netsuitecom netsuite.com/criticalrole. netsuite.com/criticalrole.
0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod five zero for 50% off.
12: We interrupt this critical role
3: podcast network broadcast to bring you news of dangerous treasures that lie sealed within the critical role shops. Only the hardiest of adventurers should dare seek them out. In all seriousness, though, I'm Matthew Mercer and we've made some very cool things that we really like and hope you will, too. If you'd like to support the show, please consider visiting any of our Critical Role online shops through the shop tab at critrole.com and see if anything catches your eye. Okay, back to the show.
6: And welcome back. Woo! Woo! Woo. <laughs> Jumping into arc four. Oh, this is like Yasha's big arc. This is Oban and the Chained Oblivion. And was this all Happy Fun Ball stuff? No.
10: Almost.
6: A little bit. Of, thank you, Danny. A little bit. We went back to the Happy Fun Ball. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yes.
10: We played this game for a lot of fun. Years. <laughs> we did. <admit. Yeah.
3: laughs> <laughs> It's kind of hard to it all because <laughs> it
2: all kind of is just one. I mean, yeah, it all
3: bleeds. Yeah. amorphous jumble. I mean, yep,
7: yeah, it's part of the Hi. fun. Yeah, <laughs> for you, It was the only thing that happened, so it really is strange on that Yeah, level. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're not yeah. wrong. Oh, god, <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. The well, only more I I
10: have. Yeah, Same. I, I could kick it off. I want to know what Yasha and Oban's history was. Like, I'm, what I'm actually curious
2: about god, that, yeah. too, because a lot of it um obviously yasha was i mean therefore but you know mind controlled and puppeted.
3: yeah so from from how i kind of interpreted the story was after yasha had left the Dolorov and kind of had a, a bit of a kind of a, a, a psychological break at some point from just like the trauma and the wastes um, kind of went feral in the wastes of Jorhas, very much kind of n- not using language much, kind of living by killing and eating whatever came her way, and aimless and wandering. And Oban, who had begun the the plotting in the name of, of the Angel of Irons, he didn't know it was the Chain of Bolivia, It was just this entity that came to him and spoke to him, this this being that that promised an undying future. If he could just begin to corrupt these fanes and call together these undying warriors that were brought to him through visions. And the one that was closest to him at the time, as he was uh, traveling through Jorhas when these came to him, was this lost, feral, undying proto angel. This, this being that wasn't quite at the, the level of strength to resist death, but had the promise to do so. And it was his charge to kind of train her up. And so that's when he found. Yasha is this feral being, and left his mark and essentially took her mind and will as his own, and began to train her up by sending her and as his kind of his bodyguard and also going to all these different fanes of of uh, just general arcane leyline power, much like how there there are these ley lines of magical energy that shift and cruise across Exandria. Uh, Almost like the Northern Lights in an invisible spectrum, except to those who can understand magic. Like the the ziggurat beneath White Stone was at one of these nexuses. You know, these a lot of these older structures were built to to kind of gather and use these spaces where the magic is strongest and where things converge. He would use Yasha to begin to corrupt some of these fanes in the name of the Angel of Irons, and in doing so, kind of began to lead this. It's kind of hungering, the subtle hunger, corruption throughout the land. That's why the early parts of the campaign had this like theme of things going mad over the need to devour and the need to to just consume and, and grow. Um, so keeping that theme going. But yeah, so so in this time, uh, Yasha was essentially his his right hand man. I keep, I, I think I've said it before, but like very much kind of like Purple Man and Jessica Jones. Like, you know, he would just be like, "All right, kill that for me," and she would go and do it. Um, but a lot of that, and kind of the trauma of that experience, her brain protected her by not recording this time period until eventually she took it, happened. It, it went too far and she broke free and he lost her in the Wastes. And that was where she found the Storm Lord. And the Storm Lord was the first entity to kind of reach out at this broken statue of, of the Storm Lord and helped kind of heal her mind a bit and give her a direction to go.
2: You when when we've been working on the comic book, and I forgot about this in the last game that we played. But you had said the amount of time that she was with Oban that I didn't realize it was that long. Mm-hmm. Um, can we say how long it was, or do you want to?
3: I gave I gave a vague space. I mean, I I considered it to be the period of like like a year or two. Like it was a
2: which was longer than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time to have somebody in your head.
3: Yeah, and so like the 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 way I kind of interpreted it was there was a lot there was a lot of growth of Yasha's during that time as this kind of controlled persona that was lost when she broke free and became herself. That experience was kind of essentially shunted from her mind to heal. So there was a time period in that lost time where Yasha was operating at a very powerful level uh, under his control. But that's how I interpreted it at least. So. That was my my intent for it.
4: Ooh. Juice, Juice. Ooh.
3: Yeah, and he wasn't looking for her. He thought she was lost, and was like, "Well, I have to go find out what the next, you know, undying champions of the Angel of Irons are." And then when you crossed paths with him again in Jorhas outside of uh, Rosona, he was like, "Or in a sorry, saw, uh No, it was Rosona." He was just like, "Oh, oh, well, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where you got off to." Hmm. Cool. You got some friends with you. You know what? Follow me. Maybe you can do some of this work for me, type thing.
6: Okay, go I have on. a que- Oh, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. No, uh. you go. Okay, going going off of this, uh, this is technically, I think, an ARC One question, but it was Trent Dickathon, right, that uh, eyeballed Yasha up and down, and mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. like, oh, you, come talk to me. I want more uh, with what you're about. What did Trent want with Yasha?
3: So, uh, Trent is the kind of individual that will subtly cast detect thoughts, or his variation of the detect thoughts spell, in mixed company, just to see what's what's behind everybody's exterior.
4: Oh, interesting. So he
3: just like in, in party atmospheres and social atmospheres, creepy. He he has a way of of doing that oh. in a in a subtle way where he'll just be like, people are talking. He'll just kind of lean over and then kind of pierce into their thoughts a bit just to get a feel sometimes to draw secrets that are useful for blackmail in the future, or to figure out what things might be secretly being planned behind the scenes so he could be ready. You know, he's just one of those paranoid type individuals. And with Yasha, there was just something about her presence that he was like, That she's curious. So he did that and picked up shreds of her past that even she probably had lying dormant, which he was like, that's... There is for for an individual that was in the middle of this Zadash Harvest Close Festival celebration, <laughs> and now we're sitting in this room. There is some dark shit no. in your past, wow. and 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 he sensed this the um, uh, the angelic blood, the celestial blood. Mm-hmm. And was like there? You are intriguing, and I I don't fully know why, but I'm I'm just curious. And that was as far as it got because then you guys ran off, and uh, he clocked it, but. That was, that was what went down there. Be honest, he read
10: Beth's thoughts and he heard, never going to give you up, <laughs> never well going to let <laughs> you <know>. Yeah,
3: essentially.
9: <laughs> uh, kind of a side note to all of that. Mm-hmm. The Laughing Hand, mm-hmm. who was with him, was very similar to like, a lot of the things that we ran into in Aeor. Mm-hmm. What was the connection there? Like, was it, did, did the Laughing Hand come from that?
3: Oh, that's right. Some no, different, different entity. But uh, there—how hmm, do I put this? There is an intentional, subtle threads of connection. Cognosa, the the living city, the Sumnavum, and the whole Cognosa award that that was happenstance. That was circumstantial. Its creation, the the scattering. Uh, Of the thousands of minds that lived there and the combining them in madness and destruction and then slowly climbing their way back to a semblance of combined sentience and emergence wasn't the Chained Oblivion's doing by any means. But as time went on, it had a unique enough parallel where it caught his attention. And so he was just kind of helping it along in ways, helping form those dreams, helping kind of inform the shape it would eventually take. I like to imagine the Chain Oblivion as not this this extremely uh, how do I put it? This extremely well-plotted out entity of of will that has, you know, machinations of of intricate plans upon plans upon plans. It is more of just a force of destruction, devouring, and nothingness. And anything that kind of fits into that realm, it will twist. Uh, intent. It will twist uh, perspective. It will do whatever it can to kind of seep into it subtly. And the Angel of Irons was one path that kind of, honestly, was more informed by Obann than the Angel of. I mean, than, than uh, the Chain of Oblivion. The idea of like, I don't know, this is a little esoteric, but like, the idea that if you, Stephen King's it, the creature takes the form of whatever is the scariest. To whoever perceives it, you know, and there are different stories that tell that the chain of oblivion, when it begins to corrupt somebody, this corruption, this 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 entity, this 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 thing that is the chain of oblivion's influence, takes the form of whatever the creature thinks it might be looking for, uh-huh. and that's kind of how it ends up masquerading, in my mind, in my world, oh, sure. as different cults, as different figures, as different uh, different ways that it just undermines society. Uh, and so the Angel of Irons was kind of a creation of Oban looking for something to follow and kind of it allowed him to create this entity that he was looking to without knowing really what it was. And at the same point, Cognoza kind of became something that he just kind of subtly wanted to happen because they had a similar, he knew it would have come to a goal of his, which is the annihilation of everything and darkness forever. And so that, that was actually why Kingston, uh, or sorry, Kingston, Kingsley's, um, towards the end of the campaign, that one. Little memory I threw in there of, mm-hmm. you know, a weird lingering memory of the the birth of the city. You see these black chains shattering in this ancient will that was kind of the Chained Oblivion losing its oh, its hell. subtle investment oh. in cognos Oh, cool. Um, oh boy. So I, it was my way of tying some things together, but not making it, you know, aha, the bad guy the whole time has still been the Chained Oblivion. I wanted to I wanted it to stand on its own, but still be kind of subtly influenced by.
6: So it's like. Creative human subconscious gotten horribly awry.
3: Yeah, that, that that's kind of how I believe it operates. You know, it doesn't. Was,
6: oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Was there ever a time
9: you guys thought that the Traveler was In- influenced by the chain Oblivion as well? The Traveler? Yeah. Did you guys always know that it was going to be Artie? Fuck no. Mm,
6: no.
10: Well, I, well maybe I, I feel like
6: I had an inkling. <laughs> I had an inkling. I wasn't afraid it was connected to the chain Oblivion, though. Okay.
10: Not like a bad guy parading as a semi-good entity. I
5: didn't think it was the chain of oblivion. I definitely thought it was something nefarious. Yes, nefarious. Like, yes. Like there was an evil force <laughs> that had been sort of puppeting you your whole life, and we were gonna figure I out it. it was it was evil and and fight it away and then free you. But no, it's it's just a doofus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait, wait. To that, because there was something that we missed that I wanted to ask. When. Was when did you decide to have Sprinkle be inhabited oh, occasionally okay. by Artagon? And then if were there other NPCs that were also secretly Artagon?
3: Okay. Oh that's um, a
2: good question.
3: Oh shit. The the introduction of a Crimson Weasel, which doesn't exist in DD lore, uh was intentional from the very beginning to be kind of Artagon's anchor to her.
9: What if we hadn't bought him? You just
3: knew Oh, I knew you were gonna buy that. There was no way you, you weren't going to buy. Bought a blink dog. You bought a fucking owl. You go pet shop. And if you, not, like and and if you didn't buy it, <laughs> it, and this is part what I what I had planned was even if you didn't buy it, would you would have possible. ridden away, and like an hour later, it had stowed away in your bag. Like it. It would have endured you know indenture money. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh,
6: that's, that's the vex it. coming
3: through on this. That's campaign bleed.
6: Your final takeaway with sprinkle is what a waste of cash. <laughs> 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 After everything he's been through. Immortal, stuck on you the whole time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was the idea of like because of the, <laughs> the unique relationship with Artagon you know, or the Traveler. He couldn't be around all the time, and it didn't make sense for him Fuck to be continuously <laughs> focused on you because he had a lot of things going on with everyone else. So he had kind of taken into the fold and kind of dealing with his own crisis of the mess he had made unintentionally. That that was kind of his. Uh, well, here's 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 your your you know uh, kind of walkie-talkie band where I can just like check in on my app and be like, oh, she's okay, you know, and occasionally come through her. Uh, so yeah, and there, I was planning to have more NPCs kind of show up as our tag and references, but a lot of time I just forgot about them in the middle of the scene because that's what happens when you're, mm-hmm. just you know, like you're Br- playing. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there, there were a couple of NPCs throughout the game. Was I think the oh movie.
4: shit! <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a, ch- I, I believe there was a child at one point in the game. I can't remember where. That was like green eyes, red hair, and there was the innkeeper in Shady Creek Run. Who was our tag and kind of guiding you towards Caduceus um, in that area? Another. Individual with you know pale skin, red hair, green eyes, who was very interested in what you were doing and guiding you in the, in the that practice. was
9: when we were kidnapped. Oh, okay. And I think when we were watching that at home, yeah, I was yeah. like, I think that's, I think that's our tag in. I think I thought, that's the traveler.
10: I thought you were just pregnant or, or just like yeah. <laughs> I was
4: like I I
3: you were Pregnant?
4: <laughs>
10: <No>. <laughs> sure, it's the three hours of sleep
3: we're getting every day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't intend to weave him into. You know, NPCs more than that, but just never got around to it. I think two's fine. It worked out as a fun reveal.
6: How about a fan question? Let's do it! Let's do it! Let's do it. rolling. 19. 12. Oh, natural 20! 20. 20. Oh. oh! 20 is what? Well. Oh! oh no. roll, roll, roll off. Whose dexterity, no. no. okay. dexterity is
9: higher? No. Okay. Motherfucker. Nine. Three. Oh,
7: oh well. Uh, how about what you I'm get the do? first
6: one and you get the second? One. Uh, I like it. That feels there good. Go.
7: Um, okay, I'll I'll take this one for Marisha hmm? from uh, Alexander Dean uh, underscore uh, ig. Um, how do you <laughs> I don't know? There's a lot happening there but I don't know how to say. <laughs> how do you envision Beau moving forward with the Colmont Soul? Uh, would you picture her taking a leadership position, or, or would she want to continue adventuring and? Exploring.
6: Well, Alexander, you sound super hot. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah, I, I kind of envision Bo as now that she's kind of gone through all of this with the Mighty Nine and kind of gone through this kind of uh, coming of age journey. Because you know me, I love my coming of age stories. Um, that she's kind of in her like her Saturn rising years now, <laughs> where she's kind of like, oh, no, this is what I want to do. This is this is my career path. Like when someone gets out of like, ah, oh, fuck this day job. I hate it. And now they're like it's no longer a job. Now it's a career. And mm-hmm. I think Bo is willing to like go in on that for a little bit. So, I mean, even in the pirate arc, I was like, I don't know, maybe she'll still like adventure and be like loosely involved with the soul, but I think after everything and like the corruption in the empire that we want to try and seed out, I think for a while, she's gonna be a full working class shoulder pads, stilettos, pencil skirt. She's shoulder gonna pads. be a career woman. Yes. Amazing. We've made a great yes.
8: expositor. Maybe. Carly Simon, working girl?
6: Yes. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> perm. You her a perm? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, she, she would look great with a perm. Yeah. But so, like, you know, maybe like the Pop half perm. up thing. You know, but
10: a poof. She would river run.
9: Run. No, it's terrible. No. That sounds terrible.
6: Yeah. Awful, let's <laughs> encourage it. No. Well, Ash and I were talking a little bit, kind of at the end of the game, and you know, it was we had like, some we had some textings. Yeah.
4: Did you? Oh, about, we like, did. Like, yeah.
2: Just yeah, what, planning of what our, uh, you know, it's it's obviously ending the campaign. We were together, yeah. you know, and and seeing where would we go with that. And Marisha being like, what do you, what does Yasha want? And what does Bo want, you know? And I think, you know, we talked about it and Bo wanting to be a career woman and going hard with the Cobalt Soul. And I think just Yasha being supportive, which we kind of talked about at the end of the game. I think Yasha was really tired and just tired of fighting and sort of, you know, getting to the place of just being like, I just kind of want... I want to just chill out for a while. Yeah. Um, we discussed some other stuff, which maybe I don't know.
6: Yeah, we'll see. We'll what see. is it? Tell well, us. tell This us. is the time, Would please. I want to know. Communicating
10: in your healthy
6: relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, yeah. Father. Yasha embraces her domestic side. Yeah. Is more or less. Yeah. I, w- I was like, "Will you?" <sighs> it's going to be a lot of long hours. This new job. <laughs> <laughs> really dramatic. I might be coming day. home late. But if you'll be there for me, <laughs> yeah, keep a plate of food. I really at this, think Yasha would Bugs. be there for her, and yeah. I really think that we just went with it. But it's amazing. Are you comfortable living in Rexentrum? I know it's not. You know, <laughs> would you move there for me? I I want to talk this with you. It's a big job opportunity. We talked about a lot of it.
2: Yeah, I think there was also another thing that I was like, toying with for I think. Uh, we were kind of funny texting about it with other stuff, but I, I think, yeah. um, eventually I feel like Yasha probably would have approached Bo at some point, or together they would have decided of maybe we want to adopt. Yeah, you know, like Ooh, I, yeah. I think being the orphan maker was kind of a weird thing for her, and I think she wanted to sort of like repair that. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was something we kind of discussed. Of like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, and in, in in so many ways, we were like, should we adopt Kiri? Should yeah. we like? We <gasps> were just like we, <laughs> we
6: were like, well. It's Maybe Kiri is happy with the Schusters yeah. and her life in Hopperton. happy there. Wouldn't want to uproot her life, you know? She's just about to start middle school.
2: That's <laughs> such a big time for her.
6: Like... <laughs> <laughs> you to come live with yeah. a, a
2: fuck yourself? Yeah. 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 Okay, all right. No, you're happy here. I really but I mean, said. it's just like the two of us to be like, what do we want? Like, yeah. what, do we, what do we want for our lives? Babe, anything, anything. Like, I just want to hear
4: support you. you, you know? I just
6: want to be supportive. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best. The yeah. best. Love it. Could you imagine, like, Yasha in, like, a little apron, though? And I'm like, honey, I'm home. Uh, and your
2: pencil skirt you and your, your like, shoulder pads. You're a much
6: better parent than what you were exposed exactly. to. Exactly. You know? If Ford goes and tries to fix the orphanage, maybe we're like, we'll take to two. The orphan. Yeah. yeah. We'll take, we'll the orphan take her.
4: Yeah. give them <laughs> the better
6: orphan. life. The Orphan oh, Taker.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh yeah. so I like it. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like that's the the unexpected path. But I feel like mm-hmm. there's a part of Yasha that's like, I'm gonna be a mama now, like yeah. just take everybody, I in I and take care that. and protect.
3: I'm a big fan of just like the, on top of your guys' relationship, but like the Beau and Caleb, kind of sunsetting. As a team to take on the corruption, the assembly. Because yeah. that's the thing. Like I, I thought about how far we would explore that in our game, mm-hmm. and like you know, we've all talked a little bit, like on an independent basis, about like what you wanted out of the game, where things were going, you know, what your character's interests were, and what things you wanted to resolve. And um, you know, I knew that the immediate element of your arc, the the constant fear of Trent Icathon was going to to conclude to to a certain degree. Um, sooner than later, <laughs> and so the moment you guys took those necklaces off, I was like, Sneak. this is this is gonna be it's gonna be interesting." Um, but the rest of that job, I was thinking about if like would that be a worthy post arc to pursue? But so much of the group, the characters had kind of already gone through like major arcs and had kind of gotten to a point of, of comfort and and, and rest and completion with their story, and to go after the Empire and the Cerberus Assembly. Uh, is such a big goal that would take a lot of time and a lot of careful bureaucracy. Yeah, it would have felt weird to try and shoehorn that in as an arc where only some of the group is really heavily, like, firely invested in it. It's really a Bow and Caleb thing. Yeah. yeah,
6: and we're filing so much paperwork and we're going to court hearings. <laughs> it's
3: super bureaucratic. There are delays and, and delays. Yeah, and delays.
6: getting permits. You know how tough that is. Yeah.
3: But I, I go
8: play zoning.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I, I I I like that as like a sunsetting gesture of you know, Awful. you know as as this major story comes to a close, their story just begins to the the intense process of of really tearing things down from the inside, and who knows maybe one day we'll <laughs> want to come back and explore something like that down the road, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I thought it was a fun beat that you both ended that on,
8: and it'll be it'll be interesting to peek in in some some way, like five years later, 10 years later, and see where things are at. Mm-hmm.
10: I got one on resolving. The only creature, I think, in both campaigns that we fought twice, but didn't go and kill or get killed by, was that fucking white dragon, oh Gelidon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... That's a one shot. Can you tell us now what the glowing shit in his in his cave her, was? It was her. her
5: fuck! I did it every time.
10: <laughs> her I, yes, in her well, cave.
5: We found, we found some some tech, right?
3: Correct. The um, Gelidon's lair, like a lot of dragons' lairs, are just collections of things that they've either stolen victoriously or recovered that seem to have worth and interest to them. Um, and as you know, Gelidon hunts to the north around Cross mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, that various region. So at some point in the past, Skeledon had uncovered, whether intentionally or in passing, some Aorian weapon that still had some functionality to it and brought it back to her lair and kept it as like a trophy, decoration, and if anything she really felt was an intense threat, maybe try and see if it's functional. But namely, just a, a, a decoration.
9: How big was just it? A few lights. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> yeah. was two big purple pulsing things, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. two big lights. And it was like encased in mostly ice, because the whole layer is under ice, but beneath it you could see like this metallic structure with the pulsing lights behind it that was just this. Were
10: they like those proximity things near the end of the campaign that would go off if you got too close to it? To
3: it? No, no, they were, they were two parts of like an arcane cannon. Oh. Not, not, not unlike the one that you guys saw in the Happy Fun Ball, but like, a larger siege version of that. Oh. Uh, would so we have
9: been able to like put it together and use it job. against her? Yeah.
3: If you had somehow found yes. <laughs> if you had somehow investigated deeply what it's uh what it was about, come up with a clever way to get her out of her lair in time to figure it out and set it up then yeah, you could have totally used it against her. Dang. God. That wasn't going to happen. Arcane
9: that panic. was not going to happen. That was never. No, we happened. were in too much right. terror and panic to ever
10: Yeah. Ancient dragons live forever. We'll, we'll know about this for Yeah, and three <laughs> our characters will just be like,
9: let's go, let's go with <laughs> a white dragon for no <laughs> yeah. Can I ask my fan question that yeah. I rolled a 24? Oh, oh yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, because I really want to ask this. Matt, from at Jason yes. JasonLee007 on Instagram. What would have happened if the party had released Halas? Because I've been dying to know this one, too. That's a great
3: one. That's a good question. Um, Halas, purely selfish entity that would have been thankful that he was released, whether it be in his body or whatever body he took.
9: (laughs) Yeah, would he have tried Uh, to take over one of ours?
3: Oh yeah, until he got back to his body. And then after the body was gone, who knows what would have
4: happened.
3: whether he like would have transitioned into the automaton that you had created or something else, like like the, he would have found a body and and gone off, but Halas would have just gone. Halas would have been a campaign three problem. Oh, oh. yeah. You love doing that. We keep making it not happen. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's yeah, part of like like there. Problem. Uh, what is that? Meaning it's it's, it's a creature that has that no that interest in, in what it. you're doing here. And from loss's perspective, he let him free. He's like, cool, thank you. I don't know who the fuck you are, but I have more things to deal with right yeah, now. Yeah, we got Bye. for thousands of years, or thousands yeah, years. Yeah. And then that becomes a, a possible antagonist force in the next
5: and campaign. And still exists, right? Just mm, yeah. is locked away,
3: locked in, no- away in, a pocket plane. in
5: another dimension that no one knows about. and. Mm-hmm.
6: We just left them on hold. I could spend a whole campaign
7: in that in that ball, by the way. That's amazing. Oh my god! That's I like know. getting locked oh, so in a TARDIS. Cool, yeah. I'm mean, like, I can spend a hundred years. <laughs> yeah.
3: You guys only saw like 28, 25 percent. Do of you know
5: of it. all of no. the rest of the ball? Like, did you, did you have it mapped out in your head? I or?
3: have I have the loose structure mapped out, like just like a very very loose idea, and then I detailed out the area that you guys were focused on. Yeah. And had just enough where like if you begin to wander off that path, I could. Roll with it off the seat of my pants, but you know, I've, I haven't had time to fly nor a reason to flesh out the entire thing. But who knows? Maybe if the mm. once again, such artifacts tend to trade hands often through time, maybe there'll be opportunities in future Ooh.
8: games. Who Would knows? you want to speak to why? Maybe you want to keep this secret in case you could use it later, but why he was in the gem at that moment? Like, did he whoopsie himself in there? Was it?
9: <laughs> I think that's what you said. He had accidentally.
8: Yeah. He, here's the thing when you're a creature
3: that is that powerful and you have created your own domain on this level there sometimes the simplest things get overlooked and this was purely as part of this 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 intent to to create this ritual uh, that required this this specific kind of gem and you like went and had it custom-made. He's focusing on all this stuff, he was like, ah, I got this, built this thing. I now have this domain of this chained astral dreadnought. Within <laughs> here is the perfect like, hidden chamber for me to go ahead and create this ritual to further expand my domain and, and capabilities. All right, for this ritual, I need the specific gem. I'm going to hire this person to make this gem. All right, I'm cool. going to focus on this, and somebody that he really pissed off, somebody that was deeply, deeply against Halas, got wind of what he had commissioned, and essentially had this gem cursed in a very, very hard to read way. So when he tried to complete his ritual, instead it magic jarred him. It pulled his soul out of his body and imprisoned it in this gem. And he was just stuck there until somebody managed to find the ball and then wander into an astral dreadnought and check on him. Mm. (laughs) Like you do? Yeah. Like you
6: do. So one we go team. <laughs> one more big thing before we move on, because mm-hmm. I know we're getting long on this on this chunk, but I feel like it's just too big of a thing to not address. Okay, is Ford and the intimidation of holding the sword over the kiln, yep. and all of that connecting with like Caduceus mm-hmm. and the Star Razor, and piecing it was kind of like a cool combination of the two of you coming together, but. I don't know. I, I think I just I'm curious what would have happened if that would have all backfired. Like if it. it actually intimidated Ukatoa yeah, I mean, instead. Ucoto. Yeah. Ukatoa. <laughs> like, is there a chance that Ford could have continued with Ukatoa? Yeah. Would have even
3: worked? <laughs> yeah, like, what it, even work? could, it would it it wouldn't have worked in the way that you would have scared Ukatoa down and been like, yes, sir, for whatever you want, <laughs> sir. Like, is <like, laughs> not going to do right. that. But I think with a high enough intimidation check, it would have gained his respect for the will that you exhibited in the face of something that he knows is much larger than, than you are. So if anything, it would have made him go, and this is what I was thinking in the moment, was he have been like, okay, here are your powers back. Now I really want to keep you. Yeah. And it would have, because at that moment the, the situation was so strained that you know, while there was still kind of his hooks in Ford, uh, it, there was enough of that kind of "we don't like each other, are we going to break up" type of a feel that it was just enough room for the Wild Mother to kind of swoop in and like, "Child, I've got you." <laughs> if th- if you had done that and kind of really pushed that intensity with Ukutua, Ukutua probably would have wanted to keep you even more, and the process to the Wild Mother. And conversely, to becoming a paladin would have been a much harder process of now trying to absolve yourself of Ukato. Because right now, Ukato is less interested in you as a person and more interested in what you carry. That's key, fucked up, man. The key to freedom. I'm a great person.
4: <laughs>
3: no, I think that's totally Uchito it. Was like, over if, you. If way. he'd gotten his powers back,
10: <laughs> I I don't think I would have done the Wild Mother paladin thing at all. Like, yeah. he just wanted him back. Um, the first time was in Jorhas, and I, I told you at the break when the powers were gone, and I like ran outside and was looking in the rain puddle or whatever. I was like, "What if I just leave?" And you were like, "Do you want to?" And I was like, "Kinda." And he was like, "Then do it, and we'll see where it goes." Because I was just gonna like go put the third orb in and summon Ukoto and get my fucking yeah. powers oh. back. Yeah. And it was just like a matter of what I can't remember what happened after that after the break, but like they they came back relatively relatively fast. That first time was like a threat, like a shot across the bow. And mm-hmm. I was like. Oh shit! I need to have a backup plan if that happens again. Like, what, 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 what do I do to try and leverage my powers back? And it didn't work at all. But I was also like, I don't like this position. Like, fuck this! This deal sucks. <laughs> yeah, let's just wipe the slate. <laughs> yeah, it it's was fascinating.
6: Like, I mean, that—that's still like in reflection of the entire campaign and maybe our show. Mm. Like one of the coolest things. And just, I, I don't know. I think I just the balls of throwing away your class. It's just fucking amazing. And I don't know if I could do it. Dude.
7: Into a
10: little Well, I mean, like, we always leave those little holes in our backstory for him to come in and do his thing. And so I was just like, What if you just wipe it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm like, let's see what happens.
6: Hard drive rebuild.
9: Yeah.
7: That's great. Best best purchase. Best purchase ever. Yeah. I love the red button, even if it means delete.
9: So proud of you for Yeah.
7: Oh, it's well, I mean, like it's 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 this it's the secret gift of, of Caduceus Clay. And I he he explained it to you at one point of how fate works. Of like the notion of like of watering the tree because mm-hmm. you know what kind of tree it is and maybe it's gonna w- which if you actually like think about it for twenty minutes is basically Clay going this is a D and D game
4: mm-hmm.
7: like literally what? he's just <laughs> he's just explaining that this is a D and D game so if you yeah if you believe in that kind of fate in this world you understand it's like Animal Man you know exactly that you're in a comic book. So it was like, oh, a broken sword. Well, clearly, I need that. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clearly, clearly this is important. Uh, like or else it wouldn't resistance. have
6: been for sale. Exactly, like a Ring of Fire resistance.
4: <laughs> it it will end pay off the, end. the end.
6: <laughs> Okay, we have to move on, because there's a lot to get to. But first, Mika Burton spills the tea on her Ooh. time in the campaign. <laughs> Rule number one, evil dies. Rule number two, Roll the clip.
11: Hello, I am here with undoubtedly the fan and cast favorite guest of uh, (laughs) Campaign 2, Mika Burton. Hello, Mika.
14: Hi, Brian. Let's
11: talk about uh, Rainy, your character from from Campaign 2 that you later named your cute little puppy after. Yes, I did. Uh, Tell the folks at home (laughs) about your inspiration behind her.
14: Um, hilariously, my inspiration was just, I don't want to play something that I always play in Dungeons and Dragons. So let's play a race I've never played, a class I've never played, a personality I've never played, and an alignment I've never played, and see what happens.
11: Across the board, is, yeah. Across
14: the board. In hindsight, it was hilarious, because I was nervous as hell, obviously, it's <laughs> critical role. And I was like, let's just go outside the box. Let's just do something I've never done before. And then day of, I sat down at the table, and I was like, fuck. I don't know yep. what I'm doing, Yep. but I think it was fun to flex my, my role-playing muscles and do something super, super different and try an ASMR, try a Druid. You know, it was awesome.
11: And also too, sitting there at that table with those nerves, knowing that everyone there has also felt that moment. Right. Usually like the first five episodes of, of a campaign or whatever, <laughs> just like, why, what am I, what is my character? What am I doing? Why did I? Yeah.
14: It's so hard because I thought I was only gonna have one episode. So I was like, how do I get comfortable and used to who Rini is right now? I have Mm -hmm. five minutes, go. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that was the most nerve wracking part of it. I honestly like what she sounded like came to me at the table. Ah, yeah. You know, what she personified came to me kind of at the table. Cause I did a lot of backstory and a lot of work on who Rini was but I thought that if I got too into my head I would fuck up and then everybody would hate me. So I was like, some of it has to be spontaneous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't pre-plan everything.
11: Do you have a favorite moment from the episodes that you were on that, that sticks out? And is if, if there's a different, if Rini has a different favorite moment, then then share that with us as well. Oh
14: no, our moments are the exact same. Okay. Which was sleeping with Bo. <laughs> okay,
11: yeah, I figured, I figured. Yeah, I
14: mean, I knew, since I've known Marisha, I was like, I know that Marisha plays a disaster lesbian. And the only thing I had <laughs> in my mind was like, Rini's by. I'm sure Marisha plays a hot character. I really hope that they get along. Uh huh. And through the three episodes, we kind of naturally got along. And Rini's disaster bisexualness ended up crushing on Bo. Yeah. Um, and so I think that having all of the, the stars align on my last episode, that Bo returned her advances, even if it was just for one sweet night, I was like,
4: yes. Mm-hmm. If
14: I could complete anything in my stint at Critical Role, it would be fucking Bo, you know?
11: Is there anything about Rini that uh, didn't get revealed during the game that you want the cast and the fans uh, to know?
14: Um, I think it kind of got more revealed during talks, but Mm -hmm. I want everybody especially the cast and and everybody playing those characters to know that the mighty nine changed reenie a hundred percent like she came out of the gate with this black and white morality follow your god and listen to no one else and this this and that and just in the three episodes of hanging out with them knowing how they think feeling attracted to Bo, knowing that like also seeing caleb and feeling like there's something behind his sad eyes because she's very intuitive and Having that talk with her angel that (laughs) things are okay, it's okay to not completely follow him to a T. She makes some morally great decisions now. Like in my mind, she went on to probably do some things that she may not have done before meeting them. You know, she doesn't think all evil deserves death necessarily, but she does want to, you know, still continue to fight crime and do good. (laughs) Yeah.
11: Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, what do you hope Rini's legacy is?
14: I mean, other than fucking Bo. Um, <laughs> I hope her <laughs> legacy is just kind of like this this bright spot of sunshine in an otherwise, mm. you know, can be kind of harsh campaign. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always see people drawing Rini with sunflowers and she has the sparkles and she's very peppy and she has a high-pitched voice and she's blonde, you know? So I think that in our literal world of sadness and darkness and and the campaign's world of sadness and darkness, I hope that Rini was this bright sparkly sunflower of gay energy (laughs) that (laughs) brought the smiles to people's faces. And um, I don't know, also she took on a dragon and lived. So like, that's a dope legacy. Like she- That's true. She is, I I don't want to toot my own horn, but Rini's a big part of the reason that they survived that encounter.
11: I think somebody probably wrote a song about her.
14: I would hope so.
11: It's canon. <laughs> it's, it's in canon. there.
14: They boned.
11: Uh, the boned. Hashtag it's canon. They boned.
6: <laughs> just everyone's trophy. Just crossing them off my list. Oh
4: jeez.
6: <laughs> wow. Talk about me some more. <laughs> You're everybody's (laughs) favorite moment. I am everyone's legacy.
5: (laughs) 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 You know, she she made interesting points, many interesting points. Uh But one was that, like, it's interesting that the Mighty Nine, who are these morally ambiguous (laughs) characters and who make bad decisions all the time, had a lot influenced a lot of characters in positive ways, even though we weren't making good decision? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we I think our bad decision making showed all these other characters, guest characters and PCs and stuff that like it's okay to mess up. Uh, or something,
4: or something. we were not a yeah. cautionary tale. We should
7: have been a cautionary tale over and over again, but we kept not not being. I, mean, a I wouldn't say you avoided being a
3: cautionary no, no, tale, no. but it definitely didn't become your calling card. No, yeah. well, certainly I, a catalyst for change. Yeah, yes, yes. I agree with that.
6: Wasn't there a pretty good fan breakdown like halfway through the campaign, probably over a year now, about like the Mighty Nine are kind of the Robin Hoods of. D D campaigns, like we did morally gray things, but we also more or less kind of always had the best intentions of the civilians and the populace. And
4: mm-hmm.
6: I mean, point in case, how many people, how many NPCs were supposed to be villains that we turned into our friends? It was more than just Essex. It's true. We're the definition of chaotic good. Yeah. yeah.
5: We also we're, killed a bunch of innocent people. We did. Mangled a horse. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, we did! Oh my God! Yeah, really we one out for for Waterloo, and oh, and toilet, toilet
3: and WC and WC. Mm. And WC.
6: Yeah. oh, mm. buddies, horses we killed.
3: Look, man, having mounts, having mounts, having in this
6: game is rough. Yeah, what happened to our moorbounders? Oh, our moorbounders. Like, oh, we heard them get eaten by harpies. Was that right? the moorbounders? No, so we had them. No, those were those horses. Those were
3: horses in campaign, campaign one. one.
6: Wait!
10: <laughs> on the, way to, on the way, oh, to way to Whitestone before the Bahir. that was oh, the... Oh, the oh, no, that,
6: that was campaign.
3: six years ago, Marisha. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! We've gone back, we've cycled back! Where's my horse
4: from? Just
7: the D&D
3: we version of I Left
7: yes,
10: the Baby totally on the
4: bus. I totally
6: thought we they were off. eaten by harpies. Do, we totally yeah. murdered these horses. How did these horses die? <laughs> I think they just died. They were hunted by...
10: They're I just horses. Mountains. Yeah, they just died. Just, like <laughs> like
7: every mount in every D and D game, Natural they buy prey or for not eat everything. Yeah,
9: <laughs> so mounters was... just like get set free. <laughs> That's what I happened. I have to. Sure, they I have
3: to, to look back. I don't know.
10: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what happened to the fucking more bounders. I've got a lot to concentrate farm on. The, the whereabouts you of
3: your them. pets, you not my problem.
6: Well, didn't we we, we left the more <laughs> bounders in <laughs> like Bazozan, right? We traveled across the barb. Yeah, yeah, and we left them, and then and we, we left, left, them left them and never, never came back. back. I think sure they be. probably
9: gnawed through their ropes and just went out. They were
6: wild. after
11: after a while,
3: some nice couple in Bazozan were like. Well, nobody's picking them up. I guess they're ours now. And, and then the more bouncers ate, ate, ate them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, come here, little <laughs> <laughs>
5: the Weirdest unsolved mysteries <laughs>
3: episode ever.
5: Uh, <laughs> we also befriended yetis and, yeah. and owl bears.
4: Yeah, yeah.
10: Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. All kinds of friends along the way. And and a particular uh, witch. Yeah. That's right. Ish. Oh, oh this God, was
6: the Asharni and I. Oh, yeah. yeah. This was the cupcake. Right. <laughs> Another epic is, moment.
8: Is Asharni and I ever going to snap out of it, realize what happened, or just like send postcards to Chester I know. Jester, or I, Hags. I always
9: wondered, and we never really checked. Like I did send her cupcakes. You like,
8: did. Does the spell did. keep going forever?
9: Yeah, it just takes hold until they. But she's so powerful. Who knows?
3: Hags keep things close to the chest. <sighs> What does that mean? Campaign's <laughs> over. I don't know. What does that mean? I
9: know. I'm terrified. Like that's how Jester ends. Like years no. later.
3: No. All I'll say, campaign is over. You're right. All I will say is, no. The Hag is no longer under the spell. Oh. <laughs>
9: but she still loves she Jester. Likes Jester. We're friends. She loves her cupcakes.
3: <laughs> I don't like creepy. There is a level of respect and interest in being outmaneuvered that doesn't absolve their attention. So yeah, I, I, I in my mind's eye, yeah, they'll probably cross paths again.
4: Okay.
3: You have a nemesis. Maybe don't pass through there again. Yeah, Yeah, just leave it. Yeah, she totally has a nemesis, yeah. Oh my
9: god. The anti-jester is the head. It's exciting.
3: It is.
4: <laughs>
9: well, I still keep sending cupcakes. So what about sending messages to her? Would she have let on if I was sending her messages? Like, so what are you doing? Miss you so much.
3: I <laughs> would have responded in kind, <laughs> oh, just is, as yes. you would have expected.
8: Okay. Oh no. I'll oh, see you when yeah. you least expect yeah. can we? Can we talk about? Enjoy your
4: breakfast.
8: <laughs> in late campaign we kept seeing corrupted woods in many different places. Mm. So yes. what's the connection oh, is yeah. there a connection between the the corrupted wood in the Aorian ruins and in the um tree the tree. woods. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Blooming Grove
3: stuff? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, in the, the Savalier Woods. So oh, yeah, yeah. uh in the the lore never the, the areas where more the lore would kind of unveil weren't necessarily pursued. And I like the idea of there being I don't like every answer being answered. I like there being, you know, intriguing tidbits that you find, and if you go down that rabbit hole, you might find more information. But also, it just kind of adds more to the uniqueness and mystery of it. But in my head, um, there was likely an Aeorian experiment during its heyday that was trying to create purely arcane plant life. Like, imagine creating a type of bush or algae that, in its own right, could be consumed or processed and almost in a residuum-type way, uh, enhance someone's magical capabilities or be utilized to replace components, expensive components for spells. And so there was a lot of odd experimentation with creating this new form of life that continued to fail and continued to fail. And it got closer and it continued to fail. And before I had a chance to complete and actually succeed, in, in their experimentation, Aor was destroyed. Um, but there were facets, relics of this research that were still kind of maintained and locked untouched in this time. And some of these relics found their way southward or fell out of Those the city the while it was being destroyed. <gasps> and so one of these artifacts from this research period um, was uncovered or brought to Mileyasmere, the major elven city in the Savalier Woods. And Along with it was some sort of arc- arcane detonation. Like, I'm, I'm keeping the, the details of it vague because, like, a lot of things here, they are plot threads in, like, the Wild Mount Guide, and I want people to be able to explore them in their home campaigns without feeling like now I'm completely wiping away whatever they created for their story, you know, because now it's canon. Mm-hmm. But something was uncovered and accidentally detonated in Malaya Smear, and when it did, it unleashed one of these failed experiments. That didn't necessarily create new life, but it just corrupted it wholly. And that changed the entire forest. And it would have spread even further beyond that, but since then, the destruction of Mileus some of the sentinels and druids left over that went to Bysaeus Teal, which is kind of one of the, uh, the refugee elven cities that was developed thereafter from the ruins of it, they send sentinels out to cut the woods back and to keep it from spreading beyond while they're trying to figure out maybe some way to reverse it, but it's still such an aggressive thing that doesn't get enough funding and interest from like the Empire. And it's utilized by the Shady Creek powers as essentially a, uh, a fog blanket from being pursued by Empire interests and those that would stop them in their criminal activities. Uh, so yeah, it just remains we'll
10: this pursue them into that area because it's so fucked up.
3: Yeah, and that's why Shitty Creek Run is built within the edge of the forest. So if, any, if anyone tries to come in, they're like, follow us in. You know, so, still sure. sounds like Shitty Creek.
7: Was it was it just Shitty the, every the dimming of
3: the power Shitty. of the Blooming Grove was why it was getting eaten up, or? <laughs> well, essentially, as as this corruption continued, the it began to gain power or began to 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 find unique ways to kind of mutate and push past the the uh, protective boundaries of the Blooming Grove and began to push into it and would eventually take it in which all presence of the Wild Mother would be completely dissolved from within there. Uh, all the life would be taken over and it would have just become another part of the Savalier Wood and this kind of leftover, empty ruin of a once sacred place. And so it was through the Wild Mother's visions and through your doing and the help of the Mighty Nine that you were able to find a way to essentially reverse and keep at bay this corruption and might even end up being, in my mind, uh, if depending on what Caduceus wanted to to do or interact with, what you discovered and placed there with the Wild Mother might be a key to maybe eventually reversing the corruption in the entirety of this Hollowwood. But this is just the first step That's exciting. in that process. Once again, another long term goal should he want to do it, or he interfaces with, you know, an elven scholar that comes there, being like, "How is this still here?" And Caduceus, like, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then together, you maybe help them out, but like. That was kind of the Properly. the the ideas behind that corruption. It was meant to be kind of this unanswered and fully you know fully unanswered mystery, alluded to elements discovered and kind of a fun little lingering facet. Just the
7: terrible hydroponic experiments gone horribly wrong. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, they're trying to just. This is what happens when you try and hydroponic wheatgrass, apparently, or something. Or <laughs> magic wheatgrass, whatever. Yep.
9: Can, exactly. I, can I ask you a question, Marisha? Sure. You... Unrelated
5: to the campaign,
9: though. Completely unrelated. What are you doing <laughs> later? Um,
5: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> making out with both.
4: Keep it in the game. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Watch everybody! No, okay. <laughs> You too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you said on your date, I think it was on your date that you said, I fell in love with you in Kamorta to Yasha. Like, what was yeah. the... Mm. Like, what was the exact moment? Is there an exact moment? Because you said it was, you know.
6: I, I fell in, in love w- with Bo in Komarta. You fell in love with Bo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what did but I when say? When did you oh.
5: fall in love with Yasha?
6: There's an element of of like a little bit of. It's tough because Bo was attracted to Yasha out of the gate. Um, and it was like a pig about it in <laughs> those early games. Um, because that's how the only way the boat knew how to, you know, have any type of meaningful romantic discussion was to just be like, I'm gonna be a pig about this. Um, but (laughs) there was, I think it was when we, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think it was when she really kind of started taking note when you talked about collecting the flowers for Zuella, Zuella, Hmm. Mm -hmm. Zuella. And I shouldn't know the name of your dead wife. Um <laughs> and, and, and you kind of seeing a- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty big <laughs> yeah, seeing that, and then there was this other moment <laughs> later on that I, I think kind of locked it in when it was when you bought the dog statue in Rexentrum. Oh. Just something about that moment. Well, just being in like sweetest. being in this <laughs> magic shop and everyone's like buying things i think that's where we bought the celabones yeah mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. and the oops, oops and the oops
9: oop stones
6: and the chuckle
5: dust the dealer who was actually three kobolds in a no 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 robot. no no <laughs> oh, that was great
9: though. I about that
8: okay what? since i
9: remembered it wrong you didn't say it you said it well then how did what was your moment
8: I love how aggressive that question was. Well <laughs> I want to know. I love story. Just answer something. I don't even know what I'm asking.
6: Just answer <laughs> it. Come Talk about romance and love.
2: Um, I okay. So that moment when we uh, spent time with your family and sort of great fam. Great, great, great fam. Very healthy. Yes. Um, yeah. I think I was just so frustrated with how your dad was with you. And I was so, just me, just so frustrated. And I'm like, why why, why is this happening? Why am I, why am I, why am I, my oh! Because I love her. Mm. So I think it it was just like a, I, it was sort of the beginning of that, like I need to protect my people, but this is a little bit more of a, of uh it's crossed over to something else. So did yeah. you fully recognize at the time like it was love or did you were like
9: I have this emotion and what why do I feel protective of?
2: I mean that's so hard to say. I know it's you like know? you don't it doesn't you know sound like mean. a switch from yeah, people. Yeah. I think I was uh, I, I mean Yasha was clearly already feeling some kind of thing for Beau, but I think having that feeling of like oh I'm going to Tell your dad off, or do something negative in this moment, um, because I, I have a lot of feelings in here, and I don't really know what this fully means. But I think, I don't know. I think she probably went very thinking about it internally, and was like, "Oh, this is this is this is a lot. This is a lot more than I thought it was." Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I I think I kind of have a similar moment because after, because I I think learning about you collecting the flowers and, and learning the sensitive side of Yasha, and then you left because of the Oban stuff when you got mind controlled, and there was the big debate about like, is this, is it Yasha? Is it really Yasha? Or is it something else? And Ford and I were team like, nah, fuck that. Maybe she's evil. Maybe she's been we don't know her. We don't know her at all. And Bo kind of jumped on that train because she was hurt in the same way. And and Bo responds to those things by being like, fuck that person. If she's deeply hurt. Um, and same thing. I, I had a similar kind of reflective moment of like, why am I taking this so personally?
4: Ooh. <laughs>
6: oh wow! <Aww. laughs> Let's ask a fan question. These so much
9: fun to do. Fan <laughs> question. Turn question. No. roll. Oh, oh. oh hey. roll. yeah!
6: Question. Ooh. Natural one. Natural
8: one. Five. Eight.
6: Seven. Sixteen. Eight. Oh. Eighteen. Oh. Oh. oh, Matt.
11: Sam. Yes. <clears throat> that's Oh,
3: you shouldn't, it. At you uh, <laughs> uh, I believe I said that right, or I didn't, and I'm sorry. How do you think Veth slash Knots' relationship with the Nine and her family would have changed if she was incapable of breaking her curse? Ooh. Would she have ever entertained the idea of leaving the group if she did not break the curse?
5: I, you guys know this from playing with me, I'm always entertaining the idea of leaving the group. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my Get default me thing. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I've talked about this in years past. I think in any campaign, if you really think about it, all the characters should leave. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's horrible. You're like on an endless
4: nightmare <laughs> <laughs> of
5: death and pain and anguish yeah. and near death. And at some point, you should just leave. <laughs> it's bad. It's toxic. Um, if not, uh, couldn't be changed back. I mean, she w- she was hopeful. She was confident that Caleb would find a way eventually. She ca- once Caleb got strong enough. So I think she was in it for the long haul, but uh towards sort of like the middle of the campaign, I was definitely sort of thinking about like all right, well what if this doesn't happen and I, I was sort of playing this concept of maybe like she'll just become like sort of full goblin um and let it sort of take over her um not not intentionally let it take over her, but like after a, after a, I just assumed that if you're a goblin for so long that you start sort of forgetting what it's like to not be <laughs> to not be a goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think she would have left the Mighty Nine because that wouldn't have solved anything. But um, I think she might have just sort of given up on, just kind of given up, or or started to forget who she was um, in the past. Maybe even forget about her family and stuff, which would have been super sad. Um, But luckily, Caleb is the greatest wizard ever, and so smart and so handsome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and uh, <laughs> figured out a way to do it i i also got sort of worried mid to late campaign that the only way that not was going to be able to change is if caleb found his, the power that he was looking for which is the power to sort of go back and change the past go back in time and alter stuff i thought that was maybe the way that he would have solved knott's predicament and his own and I got that made me super scared because I did not want you to do that like to, to go back and change anything mm. even if it meant me because um, I just I felt like all the uh, all the growth that Caleb had made and all of the um, the new person he had become if he went back and like tried to undo some of it he would have accidentally undone all of it or, or or undone the good bits and so that would have been an interesting choice if if like if you wanted to use that technology on me I probably would have resisted because that was my one Damn. big thing like wow. I did not want you to do and I'm so proud of you in the last game there for <clears throat> for for burning your past it was well, perfect
8: let's talk about time travel because I will <laughs> part of me will always regret not having pushed that button because it's so fun to push the red button and i've been planning it didn't know if i would do it but i've been planning it since the beginning of this campaign and had a what i thought was a really good plan that would work and i and and shared it with matt over time because i'm like this is like a crazy thing to like try to like go back and i'm not going back to kill myself i have an idea to make everything work but i want you to be aware of what i'm planning and every spell that i picked had a purpose. Widowgast's Vault of Amber was designed to be a refrigerator to carry two bodies back with me.
10: What? Oh, wow. To
8: replace what? my mother and father with. I, I wasn't dead set on this, but I thought there was a very good chance that I, that Caleb would have been forced to fight Ostrid and Aedwolf, and they would be the dead bodies that oh, I would bring shit. back with me.
6: Dang. Wow,
8: that seemed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 After a while, that wasn't it. So I thought, well, <clears throat> maybe there'll be two bodies from the Aorian ruins, or maybe I'll have Jester paint me two skeletons. Um, mm-hmm. All the illusion magic, which Caleb did, like beautiful, lovely things with, were so that he could disguise himself as a random student and create a teenage Bren and walk up to the house and have the illusionary Bren talk to mom and dad and invite us in and break the news and then we were going to go outside and be invisible and watch it happen from the distance so that they would realize that i was telling the truth and then i was going to take them to Teldore and have them live in iman or something quietly and i was going to shove a bunch of jewels in their hands so they could take care of themselves and say all right come here every tuesday every week of your life well not every week of your life in like 17 years start coming to this fountain and eventually i'll be here Jeez. And it would have worked. It would have worked, but I couldn't. It wouldn't have worked. If <laughs> I had done it earlier, no way. he might have risked it, maybe, but the bigger things got, and the bigger things got, and the bigger things got. Like, there's a chance that Trent could have had someone speak to the bodies if he was that paranoid a person to go speak to those bodies in the ruins. And that could have fucked things up in some way and changed something somehow, or something that I'm not even imagining. So. So wait, you're saying that Caleb did not do
5: it because of logistics, of practical
8: concerns, of it not working? No, no, the repercussions would have been devastating to the world. To the world, but what about to Caleb? That's all that my
5: character cared about (laughs) was saving you from fucking with your past because
8: you didn't need to. You need Uh. to look forward. Well, that, that 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 happened too because what Trent's fucked with Bren's mind and made him think that his that Bren was trying to be a patriot for his country. He was he was gung ho to do whatever the Empire needed, going in not knowing that it would be that. And his parents sent him off to do that. And the, in his mind, in present day, he did the opposite. Like he betrayed the people of the Empire. Like if you if you can't protect your own parents. If you're going to have children murder their parents based on lies to create hardened assassins and super soldiers, what are we even fighting for? So ultimately, Caleb, in his mind, became a patriot, not in the way that he imagined, but in the right way.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: And, and And while he'll never lose the wound that he caused himself because somebody abused him, uh undoing the government fixing things in the present day and 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 teaching responsibility and stewardship to people that would follow in the same kind of path that he he did is way more of a service to the the people of the land that he's from mm-hmm. So it was both those things, but then step back from it. And as a and D player, I like to go back and fucking try to mess with time <laughs> and see what happens. And so my question for you is: now yep. that I've spit all that out, is like, <laughs> what, what was it like just to have a, a, like a player with a backstory and a goal that could potentially unravel everything? And like, what were you thinking about all this time?
5: He already had that with Grog. Grog could unravel everything with just a single draw of a card.
8: <laughs> I, yep. did I mean my best. <laughs> there
3: was no planning for that. <laughs> that's, a, <Yeah. laughs> that's a pretty good analogy, actually. Uh, it's scary as fuck. You welcome. So it was very yeah. much kind of a I'm I'm more invested in giving you the opportunity to make the choices that you want to with your character than I am to guard any sort of fear I have of how it may change the story that I've worked on, if that makes sense. So as we got closer to the end of the campaign, I'm not gonna lie. I spent a lot of time reading research papers on time travel and you know, diverging timelines, single timelines, like trying to sure to shore up a lot of my like past understanding of a lot of theories based around its capabilities or lack thereof uh, and consider what avenues it may be and even enforce, you know unexpected limitations on it that would cause you to have to think on your feet if you were to attempt it. You know, some of the, the earlier notes you uncovered in Aeor spoke how some people came back and said it was very physically taxing to do so within their own timeline and others just didn't come back. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to definitely institute a, a challenge to it as opposed to just a thing that would happen. Um, whether that would be a, a stopgap to Caleb doing anything too crazy and, and unraveling the whole timeline or keeping it consistent enough because you only had a certain amount of time to do what you wanted to do. Like I have, I was considering these checks and balances but I knew it would be a late game opportunity, and at that point I wasn't going to deny something that you had long built your character to want to explore so I just kind of did my best to try and prepare for the possibility
8: and when we cross that bridge see what happened I've been scared the entire campaign of it I was wanting to go to
3: I was it. waiting in our final episode for you to 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 Pull a fucking card from the deck of many things by by actually time traveling with Essex in that final bit. I was like, all right,
8: here we go. Let's see. Let's see where this goes. I've rehearsed it in my mind, yeah, fifty times, and I agonized for the six months lead up to the end of this campaign. And I think that Caleb do, did that to take it out of his own hands and Essex and anyone else. But I also think that for the next twenty years, once a day oh, he'll go. Maybe it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. broke the elder one. Yeah. Yeah. Up. You yeah. would have
7: found out yeah. that you can't tap travel back in time further than the point that you learned the spell. There's the wall. What were the other rooms? <laughs> oh, um, tower, the Einstein theory. I know we only saw you two of them. You can't travel sure. back. further back than when time I, travel uh, was just just invented.
5: Yeah. Half the letter that Beth wrote to her son was to you <laughs> saying, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
8: <laughs> Whatever you do. Um, the rooms of the tower were um, so his childhood home, mm-hmm. which you guys saw. Uh, number two was his first classroom at Soltres, which would have looked uh, like an old medical amphitheater, sure. um, where he just learned a lot of the ropes. Uh, third was the dance hall that you guys were had been to.
4: Mm. Uh,
8: and if you stood in there long enough, you would start to faintly hear music play. Um, cool. Fourth was Astrid's bedroom at, at the uh, academy, where uh, the the three of them and the two of them uh, would spend nights together. Um, and then, that's right, uh, <laughs> studying two. Um, five, I guess I guess should have flipped the order of these, but five was a, an abandoned tower at the Academy that Trent used when, when he was trying to punish them or, or tell them they were worthless. He would shove the three of them into this abandoned tower with no insulation or heating at night, and they would be freezing to death. And that's how they that's how they became intertwined romantically because they were huddling together just for warmth, trying not to die at night, Bloody. and they just no Entry.
4: and they no. they, they come they just held each other
8: through the night more than once, and that just it just kind of grew out of that um <laughs> not in that tower, but because of the intimacy that that formed there. uh six was. A locked chamber in Trent's private estate outside of Rexentrum where they got the crystal shoved in, and where they did really awful, awful things. Uh, se- uh, nope. <laughs> Seven was his sanatorium cell and like a tethered bed. It was just like a squalid, uh, lonely uh, hospital room. Uh, eight was the one-room Podunk jail where Caleb met Not.
4: Yay! Oh, good times.
8: Uh, nine was the nestled nook, which you saw. You mm-hmm. talked to somebody up there. You talked to somebody one time.
9: In the yourself Yeah, He talked to himself. To myself.
10: <laughs> it was just you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
8: And it was. It,
9: didn't you walk into the, the I don't know, fourth man. room? It was the I don't fourth know. room. Could be anything? You <laughs> walked into a room and you said you saw like a crumpled bed
8: or something. But that was Astrid's bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember. Hey, Sam. Did you have a
10: poster of O Town up?
5: Oh, Uh <laughs> <O-town>. huh. Wow. <laughs>
8: 98
10: <laughs> degrees in O Town. <laughs>
2: I'm a butterfly.
6: <laughs> you rolled uh, a. <laughs> town
5: Liquid Dreams, yeah. I believe.
6: Sugar, uh, baby. I'm a, yeah, I'm a butterfly. Oh, sugar, sugar, sugar baby. baby. Is that O-Town? Yeah, come, my come, come, come,
2: come, come,
4: my lady. Come, come, my lady. That's yeah, not O-Town. That's not
2: O-Town? I don't know. Look <laughs> <a game laughs> you know at that. So. Danny! Danny! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to keep
10: the
6: rest of your powers, man. We need O-Town lyrics now! <laughs> Sam, you were up in initi- initiative. Why don't you uh, you ask our last okay, question? Okay, Marisha, at Podling
5: Songs oh, asks boy. Marisha, how does oh. Beau feel about her little brother after meeting him?
6: I feel does she have trapped.
5: any plans it to doesn't... remove him from the horrible home environment she grew up in? Judgmental. So he doesn't end up with as many problems as she does?
6: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, TJ, um, uh,. Yeah, definitely. This oh man, this is probably gonna get too real for a second. TJ is loosely um, named after my younger cousin, who was also named TJ, but Thoreau Jr. ended up work. My cousin's name was Timothy Jr., and he died of an overdose several years ago, very young age, on his dad's couch. It was ridiculous. Like he was like nineteen, died of an overdose. Um so yeah kind of unintentionally slash intentionally kind of named TJ after my cousin. Um and in a weird roundabout way to answer the question, yeah, kind of like maybe it was a little bit of my own way to kind of get a little bit of closure and I don't even know if I realized I was really doing it at the time and you know so there was a moment even when I was thinking about leaving as Bo, or if if with Ishar and everything, and if Bo didn't make it, that's kind of why I had that conversation with Beth, and it was like, hey, if anything ever happens to me, you're a mom mm-hmm. you've got a kid that's kind of the same age as as T j or at least close to it. will you watch him will you take over will you do I don't know just something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, th- there was definitely a time that I was considering like, in, totally projecting as Bo, if I could have done something to maybe save him out of this fantasy hell that he was in. Kind of doing my own rewriting of time and nothing that I got to do in real life. I didn't get to save TJ or pull him out of the shitty circumstance that he was in. So yeah. Yeah, and I didn't really, and I didn't put that much weight into it in the moment, but then, or or in backstory writing, but then kind of in the moment, I think it kind of just hit me a little bit harder, um, because I was, I was anticipating going in with resentment to the whole situation. Like, fuck you, mom, fuck you, dad, fuck you, new kid. I don't know you either, you're not my brother. And then it was just kind of this whole totally different reaction of, of Oh no, I love yeah, you. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no. Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love you. Oh no. Need to protect, that type of thing. Oh God, you are my flesh and blood, and I, there is that deeper connection there. Um, so yeah, what kind of ended up starting, off is just kind of this own way in my head to honor my cousin and let him live on in this weird kind of fantasy crossover world. Yeah, kind of ended up translating into those ways a little bit more. Hmm. But anyway, that got way heavier than I was anticipating. I love it. it. But maybe uh, you
8: can uh, invite him to Rexenstrom for two weeks, and he can never go home.
6: (laughs) Yeah, I kind of envision that. Like, let him get through school. You know, when you're an adult, and I want to be like your cool older sister, and. Yeah, I'll show you the big city when you're old enough. I'm gonna take you out drinking. I'm gonna be like your first beer, you know, like ah, yeah, let's whenever, you know. It's it's fantasy world, so I'm sure the drinking age is like fourteen, you know.
3: I'm not commenting.
6: <laughs> <We>
3: never
7: asked. <laughs> you're you're gonna god
3: that, that. I'm gonna god mom. Yeah. You know, specifying yeah. any drinking ages in
8: Alexandria. They vary from place to place, and not by my choosing. So. So, some people live to be like two thousand. So it's and some only eighty That's years. So it's kind of hard to. It's uh, hard to say. Hard. Yeah, in crackhammer it's like four.
6: depends on where you're from. Yeah, it's like. Four. Um. Well, on that happy note. Yeah. <laughs> how about we move on? Sure. Uh, we're kind of in the home stretch, you guys. This is the final arc we're about to talk about. Um, But before that, we have a very special, very special guest interview for you. Take a
11: look. All right. I'm here with uh, the legendary Chris Perkins, obviously the fan and cast favorite guest star of campaign two. Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about your favorite moment or your favorite part about guesting on uh, critical world campaign 2
12: hello Brian. dying
11: absolutely uh i think i think that's pretty much it i think that's all we had for you today so thanks thanks for coming on chris appreciate it
10: oh, i
4: was 3 days from retirement
11: <laughs> oh no oh no wait 14 days is retirement <laughs>
4: I'd love to stay in chat, but I got
11: to poo. Okay, thanks for joining us, Chris. Appreciate it. Bye!
6: Yay! Come on! His interview is about as long as his time in the campaign.
3: I love it.
6: That's amazing. Learn bright, learn briefly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, Live fast, die young. Spurt. I'm so glad he was game for that. Yeah. Oh my god. Better to spurt out <sighs>
10: than <to> fade away. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Is that the only time we've had somebody die, stand up and walk out of the
3: table? Like walk away from the table? Yeah, I think so. Fold
4: well, yeah. no. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah! He wasn't even supposed yeah. to, to to be a guest in the show. He was just there to do in, Between the Sheets. Yeah, yeah. And that that kobold was just an NPC that you guys were going to encounter, and he was here in the studio, and I was like, Hey. Hey, you want to be a kobold tonight? (laughs) You know what? I handed him the sheet. He went, okay,
4: and and he
3: made magic. I love it. I love
8: it so much. I only regret that I couldn't one-shot him before we had a chance to talk. (laughs) Always next campaign.
10: (laughs) One-shot NPCs. I just need a PC.
7: (laughs) And out.
6: Well, we are now in the final. Arc oh of the campaign. Man. Nice. Okay. I do have a huge question to kick this off with. Yeah. If we would have gone back to see Henry Crabgrass, how's he doing?
3: Dude. <laughs> I'm not terribly I think I looked it up at one point at the like the lifespan of Crabgrass.
9: <gasps> Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. He lives on. He's got roots. Yeah. <laughs> generations.
3: What I was gonna say. Okay is upon looking at the lifespan of crabgrass, <laughs> which I believe is a few weeks.
4: <laughs> oh, oh you monster.
3: You wouldn't find Henry Crabgrass, but you'd find later generations of Henry Juniors and other crabgrass that have spread <laughs> spread, and, and continued to speak on the joys of consent and the wonderful people that came by that one time in the rain and, 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 and talked about things and asked how they were doing.
7: He would have been a generational legend at that point. Yeah. 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 Jester would have been a god to Henry
3: at that point. (laughs) For like a square 15 feet. (laughs) Like (laughs) in this one on this hill.
9: I think once every year, Jester goes back to that spot just to hang out with the crabgrass.
3: I dig that. And Ford is worried. <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the good word of the old ones? <laughs>
6: <laughs> it does feel like she's got to be their god, right? Four
7: generations between visits oh, at uh, that point. Uh, like, yeah. you know, my to grandpa told
11: me about you. I, I, I didn't think you'd be this pretty. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Can I pet you?
11: Up, good pet please. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. <laughs>
11: <laughs> so Amazing. From. From. The best character. The best character.
10: Final arc. We were getting eyes. Mm-hmm. What, what was the highest we got to? Six? Five, I think. Five? five?
2: five. Oh. You had
6: nine. Oh, I think yeah. I did. Or yeah, well, You both you? had
9: five eyes. Well, both happened?
10: ended with five. Yeah. What happens if me you, in hit, the battle? If you so. hit nine, what would happen? Oh, I, hold on, I have a listen. We had a text thread, by the way, you two don't know this. Oh yeah. Oh, we yeah. had a text thread that, that didn't have I, you two on how to kill you motherfuckers.
4: Or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, are
10: you We had serious? a whole plan yeah. to take yeah, both so of you out.
5: We assumed you were going to be turning on us. Go to sleep, go to
1: sleep,
10: go to
5: my plan, not to bring back to the, the darker place, like my plan was to make you think that your brother was there. Yeah. Um, and like in peril so that you would just be distracted and go after yep. go work. Yeah. That's
2: why um, I was on Caleb duty.
9: Yeah. Right. yeah. Not to protect. Yeah, we're going to you out. We switched and it up. Swapped yeah, all board would have gone after, you. Yasha, gone after Yasha Yasha. you. Yasha would oh. have oh. gone after you.
7: had a spell that would have oh pretty God. Much, God. much ended you if I that yeah, there was you probably there was thought Yashu was Oh, the one where depending on how many HP you have has a different effect. Oh, right, right, right. I
6: respect the fuck out of that. All right. If
5: if someone hit nine eyes, Matthew.
3: Right. So I the <laughs> the path incrementally increased. So, uh, one was mild telepathy, <laughs> 120 feet to somebody else with an eye. Um, dark vision at two. You can see through illusions at three. Oh, you can shit. you can choose to peer into the ethereal plane at four. Mm. Uh, at five, you can scry into the eye of another person—not their eyes, but another eye Ooh. on their body. Oh, wow. um, which Lucian was using yes. you both yeah. to keep tabs. Oh my right. god! Yeah. Um, at six, you could sense all beings with minds within 300 feet of you. So anything that had a mind and a consciousness, you, could, you just at all times knew where they were. Um, Stealth s- or not. Nosebleeds. Uh, oh,
9: jeez. Yeah.
3: At seven, you get his ability, Rend Mind, where you can grab something and do like 10d10 psychic damage, I think it was, the grapple. The, that the thing means. that he killed Vess with and did to you.
4: Uh.
3: At seven, at eight, you can control the minds of other people with eyes. Wow. And then at nine, you got the cone of anti-magic. What? But at nine, you also became an NPC under my control. Yeah. Cool. So when I said there was a timer, that's what I meant, oh. because eventually, if all of you started getting enough eyes, the the tides would have begun to shift.
8: Whoa. that would have been brutal. Could there be one. more than one with nine, or is, it, is that just like, there can only be one Highlander style?
3: In this instance, there could be more than, you're yeah, oh. not the Nonagon, you're not the Chosen, but you can, at that point, you are completely under the influence of the, what was then, the Neo-Sumnavum or Cognosa incarnate, so yeah. And reading the book, jump-started it. Yeah, yeah. Um, to view the pattern.
7: Did the, did the amulets work at all? Yeah, with, that was with, my question. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. with, uh, with, uh, Lucien? with Lucien? With uh, Lucian It worked when, when Kree tried to scry on you, but when it came to uh, the eyes, it was less divination and more of like an astral connection. So mm. the necklaces did not necessarily prevent Lucian from looking in on the two of you. No did wow. half its job. Okay. Trent didn't yeah. know for a while. Yeah. It kept yeah. Trent at bay for a long time. Yeah. Clutch. That'll do. Yeah.
6: Fuck. Man. So Kree ended up having five eyes or did she also have nine eyes? She
3: had five Uh She had five, eyes? five, I think, oh. yeah.
6: So what did he, because I, I was afraid that after a certain point, the threshold would get lower and lower and eventually I could just you know, Molly or illusion could turn any of us into a Cronenberg monster. Is that what he did to her?
3: She was something else. She was What? You no, know, I mean in the sense that like she had been someone bound to him so strongly and for so long that this this had less to do with the eyes and more like when she was brought within a moment of her life, he was able to unleash uh the chaos of the pattern within her which means in theory, technically, if any of you had nine eye or you know, a large amount of eyes and then went to zero and he had the inclination, maybe you could have done that, but that would have been unfair from a balance <laughs> standpoint. Jeez. To be like, Ugh. oh, you took a lot of damage and now you're a flesh beast in the final battle for no reason that you could have expected necessarily. Like, Ugh. that would have been a little unfair from a balance standpoint. Or a long-term exposure was kind of, of thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was intended to be more of like, because, because Kree was so connected for so long that it enabled him that extra step. Did did Kree have the tattoos when we met Kree? Did Kree have, have
7: nice. uh, eye tattoos that we didn't see? Oh, yes, but they were hidden. Okay, cool.
5: Correct. They, were hidden? they it, were hidden? Does it matter where the eyes are, or is it sort of random?
3: No, it's random. Like, legitimately, I was just trying to pick interesting places every time they came up. That wasn't the gooch. I know yeah. some people were like, i <laughs> uh, will let you know of. There were some in the final battle I didn't specify.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Lucian's <laughs> like, Oh, Uh oh. It's
2: drying in (laughs) spring. It's crying, Yeah,
3: yeah. It's so moist.
2: It's so moist (laughs) and dark
3: here. (laughs) (laughs) It's salty. It's salty. Vinegar. (laughs) Uh But no, I, I, <laughs> I just started just choosing locations at random because often it wasn't, there wasn't a pattern to it and often I didn't expect an eye to happen or th- things like that, so I just threw it out there. Which is so funny, when I said forehead for you, I didn't even think about Scanlan in season one. And then I saw that in some of the fan art, I was like, oh fuck, that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Completely Final unintentional. Campaign three. Completely just
4: unintentional. got to get an eye.
10: Got to get that eye. What about Naor? Uh, Steve Rogers?
3: What was the damn robot's name? <laughs> uh, Divexian. Whatever happened to that How's he bathroom? doing? Divexian is a- doing great. Uh, Divexian managed to bring about and rouse a number of other long, slumbering nice. or dormant uh-huh. aormatons, And they
9: had a big <coughs>
5: attack on oh, You
3: have now officially reintroduced <laughs> the Exandrian version oh. of the Warforged <laughs> into Exandria.
5: Sick! Whoa. Wait, where did we lose Devexian? In yeah. yeah. Yeah, in Aeor. Wow.
3: And and with that oh. there is now a slew of freshly awoken uh ormatons, many with new memories, that are walking out into the icy fields of Isle Cross oh to find their future God. and fate in the world. So uh about how many would you guess? Uh
5: <laughs> Nice On a to scale of it. one to Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. To oh
8: my god. Um, other Aorian stuff. Uh, and, and maybe uh Luxon stuff too. Uh, first good, good, the blue bubbles.
4: Good. Yes, the,
8: What's bubbles. Up yeah. the blue yeah. bubbles.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Oh my god.
8: Okay. So
3: they were created by an an errant attempt at protecting the city in its moments of destruction. Uh, as with Aeor and Cross. magic is strange, uh, especially around Aeor specifically. And there were a number of wards, protective wards, that didn't function as intended. And then when the ruin crashed, they malfunctioned through something, a combination of odd, uh, localized, arcane, you know, bullshit, essentially. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the word and it escapes me, so bullshit's what I went with, there you go. <laughs> um, but what it did was it it sealed a number, a random assortment of people around the city into stasis indefinitely. Um, as to how these fields can be brought down, there are ways to do so, but they're extremely challenging to ascertain. And I'm being vague on it because it is another plot thread left in the Wildmount guide for those who explore Aeor, and I don't want to define something that people can interpret for their own campaign in different ways.
8: And is it 100% from the city? I had always wondered if the woman in the theater had yeah. tried to do it herself, or if she was just going like, my people, and then she got bubbled by the city.
3: It, that wasn't, well, she, she got bubbled in the middle of doing something else. That The bubbles weren't her creation, oh. Um but she was in the process of trying to to pr- protect people. I, I regret not breaking,
7: breaking her out of the bubble. I bet that would have been a terrible, terrible mistake. Yes. It would have
3: been interesting. I mean, I who mean, knows? Maybe they would have become a friend. Maybe they would have become an enemy. Maybe they would have rapidly aged and turned to dust in a matter of oh. seconds. Oh. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But that sure mystery doesn't... remains in the room. Ruins of
9: April. Ooh, what so if we that? let all the spirits oh, back! They like came yeah. out of stasis in the bubble, but they're just trapped in the bubble for eternity.
7: Oh, in the bubble. that would so In theory, it's better. Yeah. I would rather be in the bubble than in the city, to be
8: fair. <sighs> for eternity?
6: And
8: can we ask for any more clarity on. The Luxon and its dispersal through the world, or is that still shrouded for future sure, generations? Sure, we can talk a little bit on it. Yeah. Uh,
3: so, as it stands, the Luxon was an entity, is an entity that existed pre-Panthéon, pre-founding of of Exandria. Um, essentially, a, a, a being of light that was born at the at the point of creation of the the universe. As it may be. Couldn't understand itself. It, it it just knew it was and was light and heading into darkness. And occasionally it would pass by other things of light. And eventually it came upon this lonely rock. And it felt lonely. And this rock seemed lonely, but together maybe they could do something. And the Luxon kind of began to embrace this world, and uh, the world began to uh, essentially, fight back in a weird way. Like it, it gave its warmth and light to this planet, and then the, the elements began to erupt and um, kind of. And this is all like the creation myth of the dynasty and and the Luxon idea. But essentially, the Luxon wanted to understand itself. It was like, what am I? And if I can bring life to other things, maybe it can tell me what I am. Wow. You know, I'm only defined by the observations of things outside. If I don't know what I am, so if I can create things that could look back and be like you are this, then I can know what I am. Um, but there was, there were the issues of these, this elemental chaos, this this planet that began to just roil with 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 nothing. There there was nothing there that it could grab a hold of and 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 speak with. There was no consciousness here, so it essentially broke itself up, and scattered itself throughout the world in hopes that one day, Gesundheit. Thank you. Gesundheit, one day, something would find and reassemble it. And when it did, it could then ask the question, what am I? Like this, this, uh, like this is going to be a long like philosophical conversation, but this is the really, really truncated version of it. And so with each of these beacons that are found, the Luxon gets closer to being reassembled. Jeez, that's uh. some long game shit. Wow. And who knows how many beacons there are in Exandria? Free pantheon
4: yeah. Free calamity mm. yeah.
3: Matthew, brain
10: <laughs> nice. uh. bubbles. I don't need it.
3: Which, which. I mean, for me, to be perfectly honest, like it can be a very beautiful time of enlightenment. It could be like end of Evangelion, where Ray just takes up the spirits and goes away. Like yeah, who knows? Yeah. Like it can go in. <laughs> There's a lot of theories that I like to keep vague about on what that might be in the long run, kind of lore of Exandria, oh, very. of what the Luxon being reborn would mean for the world. It could be a very good thing, it could be a very bad thing. Who knows? But that mystery is what rides, is what keeps the Dynasty excited to bring about this new place of enlightenment. And what these Umavi, these perfect souls, are the ones that are essentially, through the life cycle, the continuous learning of of becoming a perfect soul, can be the ones to impart this knowledge into the Luxon once it's born. And conversely, people who are on the outside of the culture are like, this is almost a doomsday cult. Like, they're going to to build their, their god and then End all life. Like what? what what's some, the end game here? It's you a know, big Prometheus shit. Yeah. So Ooh. so that's that's very much kind of the the vague esoteric uh, philosophies behind the Luxon and the
8: Dynasty. Uh, yeah. So we were like, toting around in the sewers <laughs> a, a moat of an ancient uh, sentient light. Yeah. light primordial yeah. Of uh, yeah. Primordial. Yeah.
7: Of Primordial intelligence.
8: Correct. In a suitcase, correct.
6: Yeah. That's us. <laughs> so what do we do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Love it. So that's
6: well, that. <laughs> that's a lot to unpack.
8: <laughs> hey, you asked me. Uh. You asked me. I didn't think you were going an to answer. <laughs> well. How about try. a fan
6: question while we unpack Ooh. that? Let's Yeah, do that. Hey. yeah let's roll. 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 Yeah, the week.
3: That's six. And
6: while we roll, I would like to thank Trisha Geek Girls seven nine two four for more or less asking the uh, who are the people in the Blue Domes question Ooh. that we already kind of got hey, to. Hey, check oh. it out. Hell Shout yeah. out to you, Trisha, you're ahead of the curve. 15 over here. 17. Four.
10: Natural 20.
4: Oh. Oh.
6: Oh. 20 on every
9: fan question? I
3: yes, because Close? The fans are all That means something. Where
11: were these rolls?
3: We do uh, have like a 40% chance of Shut up. Uh, Still. <laughs> I'm going to, this question's
10: <laughs> for Laura. It's from, Me? yeah, K-Odos? Ke- C-A-E-O-D-O-S. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> the Traveler told Jester that he would be able to take her to other realms. Do you think in the future, Jester would go on an adventure to other realms with Artigan And if so, where do you think they would visit first?
9: Oh man, I mean, yes, definitely.
3: I think so, yeah.
9: Yeah. Um, I mean, she really wants to go to the Feywild. She really, really wants to see it. I I know, Like, at least I imagined that when they were Growing up together, uh, he would entertain her with stories of the craziness that happens there. And so she just has all these like fantasies in her mind of what it must look like and be like. So
3: she really was hilarious to see it. when you consider that, like, you telling Artagan, take me to the Feywild, is like meeting a person in the big city. Who got out of the small podunk town? You're like, take me to your parents' house in the middle of Minnesota. Wait, no, yeah. He's like, No. No, like I do not I've just warned in there go. for my arrest. I'm not going back. Yeah,
10: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about yeah. what about afterwards? Like, what about after? Um what other realms?
9: I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know all, I don't know all the realms. I don't know all the realms. I mean like D Can like, we go thing. to like the water world?
5: Sure. Kevin Costner. Like Didn't where we get would an invite to
9: yeah. them? Where would Artie want? to? Yeah, we have an invite to go you see you that, that gen in the in the water world. Yep,
10: the Merid, okay. the dude that was powering the um, the yeah. steam. In
9: Nicodranas. Yeah. Like, yeah. By the, 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 the way, I totally thought when I was creating my backstory that my dad was a gin. Like I thought, like he was a, a genie that had. Turned himself human looking to go and got entertained, and like it ended up being a thing. And so I was just completely based on what? The backstory that I wrote. Oh, You put that in the backstory? I, I don't know if I did, but in my <laughs> brain, in my brain, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, I don't know, did I write it in my backstory?
3: Are you my mother? I think you alluded to something, yeah. but you didn't specifically say like, my dad was a genie. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think you, you were that overt about it.
9: Yeah, so yeah, I just didn't expect you to be the gentleman side note that doesn't <laughs> but um yeah
4: like
9: wherever yes. he would want to go jester would be pretty much up for
3: it yeah he I, honestly the jester and, and our our relationship is very much crossing into Doctor Who territory uh-huh. like straight up like yep. You know, where, where would you like to go
0: oh my god that's amazing
3: it's straight up what it is yeah.
10: well and I know and I know for you know like we're gonna there's stuff to do with darktoe and to stay on the scene So, but what would what is jester gonna do
9: in her, in her like later life, where yeah. does she want to be? Um,
10: I mean, you can chill with me if you want, baby, but you know, I know, crazy. like
9: you guys have this whole like text thread. I and mean, Travis have not talked at all about like what our future entails.
10: I know. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we fucked up I Except know. we lived together. So
9: yeah. <laughs> um, Step one: moving We're in. in, in. I have up? this text thread, but he's just not <laughs> responding to it. I don't know what it means. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm literally in the same room. <laughs> you think we'll stay together?
9: I mean, I think so. Yeah. I think they definitely are like are would they? Hmm? What does Ford think? Are they staying together? Oh totally.
10: But I mean like you have things you would want well, to Well
9: yeah. I mean I imagine that Jester like would would like be an artist. Like she would just keep getting better at painting. I want her to like open an art gallery in Nicodranas and paint giant murals of all of the crazy landscapes that she's seen in her life, of different battles, of of things that people wouldn't believe are real, but they all are.
7: Um, on buildings you don't own
3: and have not gotten <laughs> permission to bank. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Some yeah. I know
9: that's Honestly, like kind of what yeah. I was like hoping for. Like, yester
3: going Banksy makes all the sense.
6: <laughs>
9: yeah, <God>. I'm
6: so <laughs> here super for this. famous. Like,
9: I think I texted you that I wanted her to like have all these really, really rich clients that she just kind of fucks with because. <laughs>
6: Yeah. They're like, I, I want a portrait, it. and you give some sort of like modern art piece that's yes. just a bunch of shapes, and you're like, that is important. There one you day, go. You <laughs> saying, until, you until, until
3: the one day like your, your most vibrant piece gets purchased for too much money, and you're excited to meet the seller, and a young woman with short blonde hair whose hands are behind <gasps> your back shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to pick up my piece. That'd be cool. And then she stabs you! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she sharpened the, the, the edge dick. of it into a dick a dick shit. You just got divs. That's a shark div.
4: That's a That's dick, two <laughs> That's a dick dude.
3: Oh my god. Let's be this fair. This is amazing. Let's be
9: fair.
7: And, and gold
9: dick. I got feel like. This, like this is like a birds of prey movie waiting to happen. Like, I'm like a, a girl group of like
8: crime fighters. Uh, this is amazing. <laughs> what was in alpha? What was in A? A question mark. A question mark. Seven, eight,
3: seven. There was another Aorian ruin. Uh, but why did it have a question mark? Because it was it was a newly discovered one. Mm. Meaning, like, there, yeah. like yeah, the, the previous ones were like confirmed ruins where people uh, had already delved and was confirmed. The question marks next to A were because they, somebody recently had discovered what they believed to be an Aorian ruin but it hadn't been confirmed enough to be included as a confirmed destination on the map. But well, those have been far more dangerous yeah, to go down into. About that. Yes, because that one had been barely uncovered and would it have probably- It kills
9: me that we didn't get to like explore all of it.
3: I know. I know. Yeah, believe it or not, I don't flesh out each of those locations unless you go there, mm-hmm. because I have my limits and I like occasionally <laughs> having time to eat and sleep.
5: Don't put <laughs> <with> the illusion. <laughs> we, we, don't, we expect that you do all this stuff and if you don't tell us, we just will believe. It's like right, it's but occasionally-
12: badger. Occasionally,
3: I also want to remind people out there, be human. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Self-care.
6: I have a question that I have been dying to ask since it happened in the campaign, and you even said save it for the wrap-up. It's also a fan question from Aiden Mitchell. What would have happened if Essek and Caleb failed on that check? Oh my God! With the, the mini the... beacon
13: with the
3: oh, little Oh, oh! With, with, with the with the the dunnymis gem. And he was
6: like, "We're gonna try and and reverse time and get our one little Jeez. refresh, and we're all gonna hold hands and kumbaya." And yeah,
8: it was a natural twenty on a super high roll from Caleb. Yeah. but if they and had a, high roll a roll two and a three, yeah, from us. But so if it was
9: you, a forty DC check.
8: It was super high.
3: If you if you had failed it, um what it would have done was it would have sent all of you one day forward <gasps> instantly. So as opposed to getting a day of rest in a second, you would have had no rest a day later.
4: Oh god.
3: Which by then... Uh, Three points of exhaustion? Well, well, no, you, you, no time would have passed for you necessarily, but you would be a day later, which means Lucian and Cree would have already gone to Cognosa. Oh my They would have already god. installed the gems, and you would have gotten to the Astral Sea to realize that it's not there. And would have discovered that it's already made its way to Alexandria and would have been <laughs> like would have been visible in the stratosphere in beginning the process of Did,
5: converting that and consuming. Whoa. We could have been, was like, there, yeah.
3: whoa. If
5: if the city came back whoa. to Alexandria, was there a path for us to try to fight it?
3: The same encounter, yeah. Um uh, but it would have been it would have been steadily stronger. But you would have had the process now of of gathering allies. And really, kind of getting eyes on this because it's one thing if you're like telling a few people we're going to fight this weird city in the Astral Sea. Most people are like, "Cool, good luck with that." If you're like, "We're fighting that thing right there that is visibly devouring yeah. the world," yeah. then then you can call in the the horns MVP and, and get people to help out. Else, yeah. But at that point, also it becomes a, a much bigger threat. And a, a, like you guys you guys basically cut it off in the larv like the, the just after the emergent stage, like the egg had just hatched, if you will. Sure. Um, that would have put you in a place where it would have been uh, adolescent and hungry. So, oh like, it, it would have been a very different circumstance. Well, it's it for the nerds. Play wow. <laughs> with amazing. time magic. Hmm. Weird shit.
6: I, I've got the IFB in, so I think only I could hear it was Danny under her breath just now going, That would have been really bad.
10: <laughs> yeah, it would have been cool. <laughs> it
5: would have been really cool,
10: but it would have been really bad.
5: Did Danny whisper to you about O Town yet? It was crazy. <laughs> Crazy Town was yeah. the band. Crazy. Lady. Town. Come, come yeah. Not uh, the same as O Town.
6: Hang on, Danny, what were you gonna say? You're about you? to impart some lore keeper knowledge. happened
3: after and after Oh right, right.
5: Then Really? We were already in the city? Wasn't it? That's how I That's right, uh, you were. Yeah. You were. So no, How what did it we been? have the time travel thing oh because they brought it with we them. had the that's right it with was us. it was before you came oh, through that was you guys were actually right. in the city so it's, that
3: was, still would have skipped actually, a day. that's right we no because I could that
2: in Molly right
3: no right no that that would have been set for when you guys first acquired it in the city which is when I had kind of set that path oh then at that point the
5: city still would have had the
9: Beacon. He wouldn't have been able to get back though. Oh,
5: because we got rid of one of the beacons,
9: one of the threshold crests. Unless he had or, more sorry, than right. we threshold knew about, which yeah. is possible.
8: No, no, that's could a valid point. Anything he wanted out of dreams.
5: But he could have gone back in that day, got another threshold crest.
3: There, there could have been. I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to cheated you out of you, out of the process of denying one of the crests, necessarily. Um, bad stuff
0: would happen. But yeah,
3: yeah, I would have had to figure it out. Sorry, that 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 setup was what I had. Written in my notes when I had first introduced that time gem yeah. as what would have likely happened, but it happened much later in the process. So I would have had to figure out what would have transpired at that point. It probably would have been less dangerous, but still would have been complicated.
6: I mean, he would have had a day on us, a day in those twenty-four hours is a lot of time in those There's a lot moments.
3: Do with well, a
10: living city
6: in twenty-four, 24 hours. hours. Can I
10: ask you a yeah. question. Those statues that were all out in the open wastes, like. The that were seated in that circle, the circuit. Yeah. Where the hell did those come from?
3: What the fuck were those? That was just some weird old magic. Okay.
9: That was like the seer magic, right? That's how I aged.
3: Yeah. 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 That was that. That legitimately was a an ancient ritual site from the founding, like as old as, as the gods. That just in my mind. Just kind of appears at places in the world at odd times. And when, whenever it's. Whenever that that question is asked in that. Um, that. Wow, that's what I'm looking for. That transaction is given and it grants whatever the request was, then it just disappears and then <laughs> appears somewhere else in the world spontaneously. It's very Phantom yeah. Tollbooth esque. Mm. Um, but yeah.
2: Ooh, we might find oh. it again. Wait, what were those big old. in the barbed fields? The huge spires that we couldn't figure out what they were, but they were, did those mean anything?
3: Yeah, the big spikes.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: That's just part of the barb, uh, barbed fields. Uh, those were created during the Calamity, during some of the greater battles uh, between the Betrayer Gods and the Prime Deities. Some of the forces were unleashed in ways that essentially flash eroded the landscape and left behind only the hardiest of stonework and in some cases kind of blasting upward in these curves that's that like imagine these things were much thicker in time and then over time began to just erode away into these like thinner spires wow. um and some of them were just like jagged bits that were jammed up from impacts in the ground
4: cool
3: you know a thousand years before it might have looked a little uh a little more jagged a little more like thick you know rock and now it's just begun to kind of erode away and leave these these weird hook like spires and points Hmm. That's how I envisioned it to leave. Ah. Yeah.
10: The ice spider in the cave that we never fought.
6: The ice spider.
3: That bitch was dead. It was dead? Yeah, it passed away in its cave. Oh,
5: because we sealed it in? No, no it, it was it had, already so it dead. It was already dead.
3: We just were It was just staring forward, because it had just, just died in its own nest, oh. and you guys saw it and like, it. snuck was out. Was
9: there stuff in the room we could oh, have dude. totally gotten? Yeah, there was stuff in there. Oh, oh.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Up. <laughs> fill it up. Ugh. Just a dead corpse of a spider.
7: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a spider.
3: It was. To be fair, giant. It was very nice of you to entomb it and give it a proper burial. Uh.
6: Oh.
2: Did you know? Spider- Is that what you thought? <laughs> I just—I thought it wasn't doing anything. Yeah, it was it's doing yeah. one yeah. of those of like. You're still. You're not doing anything. Are you looking at me? No, you're not. You are, but you, ah, yeah. <laughs> would, yeah. Uh, would
5: Trent ickathon have come to help
10: us? Yeah, 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 yeah. We went around on that Ooh. one a
3: lot. Yeah,
9: he would have.
3: Yeah, yeah, but, Gross. but like, but. sincerely, but. yeah, but not to, not not sincerely like I'm here to help you. But he would have accepted the invitation and probably brought along Astrid and Aedewulf, um, out of genuine interest in one learning more about you all directly, especially based on the dinner that you had. And like basically being able to directly, psychologically profile each of you, um, to continue to work into Caleb's psyche and essentially reinforce the trauma and convince him to begin to question himself and wish to entwine himself with the old pack if you will, and to use you all as a guide towards some of these secrets in Aeor that you seem to be stumbling towards or uncovering. Uh, So yeah, he would have definitely agreed and gone with it, and it would have made for an extremely gross, extremely tense, very unique dynamic as you went in, and likely, depending on how you reacted, or if there was too much of a threat, or a point where he decided that this was no longer going to be a beneficial venture for him and his crew, would have staged an ambush, not unlike the one that uh, in the final episode was. Like, his eventual plan was, I'm going to get Caleb to break and come back,
8: or show me that he's a liability and wipe him out. I I pitched that idea. To Essek, because I, be- Caleb believed that Trent, if they survived what they were doing, Trent was going to make a run at him, eventually. And yeah. better that it happened in an icy field in the open, uh, not in his tower, and not at the sanatorium, and you know, not in any of his haunts where he knows the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And and there was reason to believe that that Astrid and Naed were going to fall the way they did. So I thought, like, better to get all three of them away from the established world that they know, it'd be easier for Astrid and the to turn on him way far away from home. So it seemed like we could kill two birds with one stone.
9: In that final battle, when I used the charm spell on Astrid when I was controlling her, mm-hmm. and you said it, there wasn't really a big change, was she fully planning on betraying him from the get-go,
3: or? She was following the winds. Yeah, okay. yeah. Hmm. yeah. It was, Astrid, Astrid's a complicated character. I love those two. Me too. They're, they I, I, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little bit sad they didn't travel with you only because it would have made for it some again. drama. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just do the do, like a. Yeah, or yeah, or yeah, say, yeah, state yeah point load, load point the older states. Just, Yeah.
8: <laughs> Back it up.
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, Astrid, and Astrid still definitely has like a, a connection to to Caleb Bren, as is Wolf, but it's, it's like, it's like having an old flame you haven't seen in 10 years, and you've changed so much in those 10 years that it's just that. That memory of something he once had is is there, but you're not who you were. No, and was, so
8: that wasn't ever going to get. That was
3: never gonna that going to be a thing unless Caleb really went in on it. But it was, uh, yeah. She she is. She has goals. She wants to climb that ladder. She has her reasons, and she hates Trent as anybody who has who's undergone what you all did does, but also knows how useful it is to be that close to him until either he helps her get to a level that she couldn't accomplish without him or he shows enough of a moment of weakness that she can take it from him mm. and she was full-on like going along with the destruction of you all until the tides changed and then it switched so by the time you cast that spell
8: it just further cemented kind of where she was teetering nice I also have a related question um, that is backing way up in my backstory, I left something kind of vague, and I don't know what what it really ended up being in your mind. But a woman snapped Bren out of it after uh, eleven years in the sanatorium. Mm-hmm. Who, who did you decide that was? I thought that was
5: Trent in disguise. No,
8: Trent wanted you to believe that.
3: I believe it was. I believe it was genuinely a, a boon from the Moonweaver. It was. It was this. Oh. It was this, this individual who, through fate, through a moment of clarity, you know, a, a, a lucid moment which this individual did have from time to time, but kind of in this lucid moment, saw your sadness and kind of recalled some of their clerical past and freed you from that mind state uh, before coming to it. But of course, Trent claimed it as part of his manipulation, because he wanted you to believe that he orchestrated everything in your life because if you if you begin to feel like all you've done was stumble forward through his plan, then why is there any
8: reason to buck against it? I mean, hats yeah. off to you because mm. after first contact, not early in the campaign but first like solid in the open contact, you had me thinking like, well whatever I do is he was gaming it to be. so what do I do? Yeah, and to an extent, well some
3: of it was. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how he works. That, that that's why he's such a horrible, horrible, horrible person. The um, one
9: villain we won't try to convert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, fuck
12: that guy. Yeah,
3: fuck that guy. He's one of the he's one of the worst of the campaign. Um, but but yeah, that like a lot of very abusive people in power. You know, will will take actions to control the lives and thoughts of others, and then take credit for things that they have no involvement with to even further solidify that idea. Hmm. That's exactly what he was trying to do.
5: Is there any special meaning to the fact that I was given a handkerchief from Doolin Tversky before the campaign began?
3: (laughs) So (laughs) if you look in the player's handbook, if you look in the player's handbook, they have a list of of trinkets you can roll for, like one out of a 100, and I think you rolled for that, when you were creating your character to see just at random trinket you started the game with, and it was a handkerchief with a random name monogrammed on it. I think it's in, it's in the player's handbook, I'm pretty sure. I think there's one here. I want to pull it up because I'm, I'm now wanting to make sure that I'm thinking of the right thing.
6: In the OG
9: player's handbook?
3: Yeah. In yeah. the PHP? Yeah.
9: PHP, okay. yeah. That's why I had a sequined glove with me.
4: <laughs> oh! What? Yep.
9: That was my <laughs> random <laughs> <laughs> thing I, I
10: rolled. <laughs> oh my god. I love that he can turn to the page with like oh he just Almost grabs person. a, a yeah. place yeah. to open in like five There it is. It's it's a blank
3: there. book. Two, yeah, you rolled an 81. <laughs> a purple handkerchief embroidered That's with the example. name of a powerful archmage. And that was one and that was a powerful archmage. That was, that was a member a member of the of the Cerberus Assembly and not one of the ones that is steeped in like evil corruption. I'm not saying they're good necessarily, but they're they're more of a one of the quirkier members of the assembly but which
5: But there's no Crazy backstory on how I got it. It was just, it changed hands a bunch of times. It changed
3: hands a bunch of times. You stole it off somebody or picked it from a place. Cool. You know, somebody might have like, something like, you know, it dropped on the ground during an event as a dash. Like, I got the Archmage's handkerchief and like they, they keep it in their house on like a, rob a shelf unit and you just stole it sure, from them, for sure. not I knowing. I
10: got one from way back. Okay.
3: Episode 19, The
10: the orc that was in the house as we were traveling, he had all the tanned hides uh-huh. and stuff. What was his deal? Was he my dad?
3: No, he was <laughs> dad. but but he was he was he was a retired warrior for the Empire, um, oh. who had kind of earned his way up, and then honestly hated its political structure, hated the, the bigotry inherent, hated just the the kind of the, the history around it, and decided to just build a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. Had enough had had earned enough respect within. The empire that nobody bothered him, and he just kind of lived the simple life out there. And I, I placed it there as a possible encounter, and if Ford had interacted with to become a possible mentor figure or to like help him learn about embracing his heritage, because you know you had written in Ford's backstory about the how he was picked on in the orphanage for his you know lineage and stuff. So I wanted I wanted this to be a possible mentor-like character, uh, if that ever happened. But you just hid the whole time. I did. So you never interacted.
10: That blacksmith popped up later than Jorhas, though. Yeah. Well, so well
3: the blacksmith kind of became my like. Well, I never got this character, so I'll take some of these threads and these themes and carry them over into this NPC. Sorry. Very thoughtful. Um,
10: sorry,
9: microphone.
3: Sorry, microphone. I apologize to the mic a lot. I tend to bludgeon him a lot. Very But yeah. So that's the, that. That was the
8: intent. So oh, Chris Christopherson was in there, and you just mm. walked on by. I fucking I thought about that forever afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Aww. why did
9: that I go was... in? Did, did <laughs> you have like a whole backstory for Ford's like how he ended up? Up in the orphanage? Did you? Was that stuff that you had already like decided, and we just never got to that? I decided
3: in vague bits, but also I didn't want to flesh it out too much unless he wanted to pursue it. Right. You know, I I followed your lead in this, and we talked about it a little bit, but I never got the sense that Ford was super eager to get the details of where he originally came from as much as he was about the people that made a movie. Is yeah. And so there's always a curiosity, and if you really wanted to pursue it, then I was willing to flesh that out. But I always gauge, based on our conversations, that you Forbes, a little more immediate and forward thinking about who he was and, and who, who forged him into his formative years. No matter who his father was back then, and I hit the theme a couple times the campaign, that doesn't make you a father, that makes you a donor. Yeah. You know, the father's the person that was around to, to kind of help make you who you are. And for him, that was very much Vandran. So that, to me, was more important to flesh out.
5: In his service to the, I'm sure we have to wrap this up soon. In his service <laughs> to the Matron of Ravens, has Vaxeldan ever seen any or witnessed any of of, of our exploits of the Mighty Nine?
3: Probably.
9: Oh my gosh, he was around and we didn't know it.
3: I mean, none of you had necessarily the connection or the impetus to look for a being who kind of walked between the planes like that, but uh, I would imagine some of the. Some of the more important villains that befell you—those uh, who, you know, whose spirit wasn't locked in an existing pact like Avantika and such—were um, probably ushered across by a masked figure clad in black that just kind of, kind of walked between where the eyes could see.
9: Did Aedwulf serve the Raven Queen?
3: Aedwulf mm-hmm. did, yeah,
7: yeah.
9: Oh, Vax was probably around for Trent's death then.
8: Trent's not dead. He's not dead.
2: He's not <gasps> Trent's not dead.
8: His hands are glued his hands together. Are glued shut, and yeah. so is his Someone his is anus.
10: Ah!
9: Oh, <laughs> <brain>. But in
10: <laughs> Axe's timeline.
9: In he's my dead. brain, we <laughs> yeah. killed him because I hate him so much.
3: Better. You. Yeah. You thoroughly ruined him. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna wish he was dead.
10: Yeah.
9: How is it, is that gonna haunt Caleb forever to know he's alive, or do no. you feel good about the fact?
8: No, that No, I mean, there's no good about it, but the right thing was done, and it's uh, the, the he c- would c- rather it. be dead. The collar's around his neck, but
5: you can turn it on and off, yes? Like, yeah. c- c- can you take the... It d- auto-tunes him. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> a little oh. So he's like, Eternal
12: I will T- watch T- you with do dog. Eternal T-fame.
4: LEDs in it.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs>
7: Light stuff, depending on the music.
0: We just throw cellabones. <laughs> I
9: was going to say, just glue a few cellabones yeah. to it. Yeah, that's right.
3: Turn around. <laughs> oh, Party trick! Garment.
6: Yeah. <laughs> My god. Mm. Um, <laughs> it turns into a garment. Who is on the tell Council? Who is on the tell Dory?
3: Do we oh. wanna do you want this to be the last question? Yeah, I think
6: <laughs> Sure. Any fun. other oh, burning well, questions? I have one more. Go. Did
9: Marion and the gentleman Oh
4: yes I what
3: think,
9: becomes of them?
3: I think that they oh, no. like sparked their romance and spent some time together. And then began to really realize that their lives have diverged to a point where his lifestyle is dangerous and he is intrinsically tied to it. And so they went their separate ways. Uh, She went back to Nicodranas and he stayed there. Um, Then orchestrated his false demise uh, a few years later and left his crew under the care of Ophelia Mardoon, who wanted it's to like be done with Shady Creek Princess Run,
6: Bride yep. making his death.
3: Yeah, and so now, now his, now his previous crew are have become part of Ophelia Mardoon's uh, network, and she's kind of absconded from Shady Creek Run to take over for him. That's and nice. eventually, he shows up as a patron, looking a little different, uh, at the, uh, the chateau, Ugh. and there he. He retired incognito with her in Nicodronus.
4: That's the most beautiful story. (laughs)
3: daddy's losing it.
4: (laughs) I'm losing it. (laughs)
3: Good. Hackneyed, maybe. I don't know. I I was accepting it. I was accepting it. (laughs) Now. Mm. Now the Tadori Council. At least one member. All of them. I
2: know. uh,
9: I'll
3: give you a few members. How about that? I won't give you the full council. But I'll Think give you a few. This
5: is everything. You
2: know, the full council, council? Right. huh? Uh,
3: <laughs> there are there are uh, of officially like six figures of the main council, and six a number of an, a number of amb, <laughs> a number of ambassadors. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's like am, am, ambassador Diedrich Grayspine from Craghammer. Okay. There's okay. ambassador okay. Sealdor Vassar from mm-hmm. Singorn, but they're they're uh, not members they're of the, the council. They're like they're peripheral. They're too.
9: lesser than.
3: Oh, okay. Correct. Okay, okay. There well, is still Guardian Topher Brotoris. Is the master of defense still from wow. campaign one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting getting a little uh, a little older in the years, but still a sturdy, stern figure. Um, there is the hearthmaker Edelburn, clear eyes, who's the master of development, a Goliath from the Rivermaw tribe, which was what uh, eventually the herd returned to, and then they left with a, a penchant for trying to to make society better, and join the made work their way up to the council. What? Uh, Arcanist Lur of As- we know is the master of Arcana. Yeah, match. Uh, Seeker Assume is no longer there. <gasps> Seeker Assume stepped down from the role of the uh, master of information. I assume. Uh, well, yeah, you assume. there you go. <laughs> <God> <laughs> <do> you? <laughs> well. To this day, wow. it still haunts me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the mantle was taken up, and, and he mentored uh, the new master of information, Seeker Odessa Taldore, the daughter of Uriel and Solomon, oh! who has cool. taken up charge to be the new master of information in the memory of her father, who gave his life during the fall oh. of the Chroma Conclave. That's wow. beautiful. Love it. Oh. Uh, I love that. And let's see who else is. Lo- oh, uh, there's Arbiter Brom Goldhand, the master of law. Yeah, he's still there, still around, getting real old now. He's like he's like the, the the real old crotchety one of the whole council. that The rest kind of deal with, but you know he's fine. Um, and there is the last but not least the Master of Commerce, the Coin Mistress Vexalia de Rolo. Hey!
4: Oh! Master of Coin! Oh!
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> More title. Oh yeah. yeah. More title.
10: Oh
4: my god. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. I don't need
8: this, Matt.
10: Do you that know what you've me. done? I'm so happy.
8: Uh, <laughs> oh. oh theme god. song, she's swimming in gold. That <laughs> is like a game. <laughs> wow.
3: 30 years later, they're still both fucking in their gold coin bin.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Damn. <laughs> she glowed up. Yeah. We
7: know too much. Yeah. Man. <laughs> the kids are fun though. Oh, oh the kids man. are really fun. Anyway.
6: <laughs> well, I guess that's it, you guys. Mm. Another mm. campaign. Come mm. to a close. Oh man. Oh, man. oh wow.
4: Oh wow.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's how it ends. Oh, <laughs> not with a bang, yeah, not, but a terrible impression. <laughs> not like this.
4: Not. Like <laughs> not like this.
7: this. Boy, Six. but we really are. Yeah. Bad. Let's come back and do do some one shot sometime. Go to
3: Darktoe.
4: Yeah. Um, things yeah, would be Darkto. happy to
3: see you once he's once he's Honestly, blanking. I'm totally down <laughs> for revisiting some of the Mighty Nine maybe down the road. Like, yeah. Maybe a ways into Campaign Three, we take a short arc or something and revisit these characters a few years down the line. I think there's there's a lot of fun things to come back to that. Aren't like major unresolved plot threads, just like fun future yeah. things, maybe yeah. we can touch on. Yeah, we yeah. did like
6: a summer trip to to Dolan's Closet yeah. with VM. I feel like a summer trip back to Rumble Cusp and maybe a yeah. dark toe.
3: The bar regard, what was it called? The,
6: oh, yeah, the Boer bar. Boer bar, that's the, what it was yeah. the, fucking the fucking Boer bar. The fucking Boer bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I imagine like. After you know, Bo does like 10, 15 years for the Cobalt Soul. Her and Yasha are like, "Let's, we're so tired. Let's just retire." And then like, Bo just ends up selling timeshares on Rumble. Oh
0: Cuzz.
2: my mm-hmm. god! Okay, but <laughs> <Yeah.
9: laughs> wait, what? Like
6: all of the Mighty
9: Nine eventually just retire. retires retire on, on Rumblecus? I
2: love
8: this mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. It's kind of great. It's great. Caleb could take the time to put in a circle on the island. A teleportation mean, circle.
9: We can just like run the fucking resort. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. Sort of
9: oh, Live mean, music do on Friday nights. We want to run
5: nights? it or just like have someone I want to I Jesus. They own yeah.
9: the resort, how Thank about you. that? Thank you, right. that,
3: yeah. I can get behind that. They founded yeah. an LLC, yeah. it's managed yeah. by a yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> nope. I hate this, nope. I hate this now, this
6: yeah. is a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. All this was
10: no a mistake for me. The
6: And on that note. And on that
5: note. And
6: on that note. Check in with your local real estate agent. Look at the timeshares. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to love each other. And is it Thursday yet? Whoa. Oh man. What?
3: Love you guys. Oh. Yeah.
9: And this concludes the current chapter of Critical Role. Your essays on the history and impact of the various ages and epochs of Alexandria are eagerly anticipated. Just kidding. No homework for you, but if you are inspired to do some writing, please leave us a review. Your words can really help new folks find our show and encourage them to give it a try. Thank you so much for joining us on this adventure. Until next time.
1: You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first.